is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on SAGE, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I to say, I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
after reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a coup they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. folks jihad 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 uh today we're going to be doing a bit of jihad we're going to be uh we rattled uh goodmanstein uh with the other stream the other day and uh he's been spagging out and so now he has to uh he has to do a stream that uh, i forgot what it's called now something uh <laughs> what's it Just give me a second uh <laughs> drastic measures is charles rixie Part of a Nazi-aligned social engineering collective. <laughs> so uh, they want to. They're gonna do a live stream. So as it um, irked them so much that I uh, stream sniped their shit the other day, uh, I figured I would. Uh, I'd stream snipe this one and just see what it is they're saying. I'm not sure it's going to be a very entertaining stream to tell the truth. Um, Cullen is boring speaker and the rittling clenched seething jaw of goodmanstein is the well it's it's the epitome of the frustrated k26r one that uh, one that knows he's on the hook because uh, he's got to be part of these uh, iii networks and uh, yeah just just think what we learned yesterday he would he just happened to be in ukraine as the Maidan coup was going down, um, 
they, you know, let's not forget he was uh, he was part of the setup with George Webb that shut down Charleston Port, right, where they were going around claiming that they had information that a dirty nuclear bomb was being, uh, I don't know, transited into the the U.S. while Charleston Port by Saudis, if I remember correctly. And the um, th these people were just, you know, I guess, I, I don't know what sort of living they make. I can't believe from their numbers and the, the lack of engagement they get, I, it's difficult for me to imagine that they make anything approximating enough to um, make a living from doing streaming. So, um, well, unless, uh, unless, of course, when you're part of an IIA network, you get a, a, a fixed, a fixed income every month. Uh, so these these people are they're, they're low uh, low order operatives, but uh, you know the memes make for uh, epic entertainment, and the doc is a sucker for uh, good memes. And Roland Budget says, "Good money's proof positive why most circus clowns were Jewish." That shit is in their genetics. Yes, yes. And the, you know, you can you can see that the K26R runs deep with Goodman because um, his immediate retort after after getting punked and, uh, well, basically slam dunked, I would say, is uh, his boyfriend, I am the map faggy, took a, uh, <laughs> took a hell of a beating uh, not only from Charles, Charles was the consummate gentleman uh, to them. I mean, I'd, I'd been uh, riling them up uh, prior to that. And uh, their response is to call, oh, everyone, oh, he's a Nazi, oh, my Holocaust, oh, feel my pain, oh, the lampshades, the soap. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by how these people uh, um comport themselves on the internet and even even after they've been um demonstrably shown that they don't understand like the basics right the basic you know charles is having to uh, explain pathogenicity virulence transmissibility um, metagenomic sequencing all of the all of these factors and they're they're still they are still um pushing ahead like uh <laughs> full full steam ahead even though we've been hold below the waterline and it's yeah it's a fascinating look into the uh the <laughs> thank you who made that uh the oy the oy merchant thank you that was uh <laughs> that was distracting you broke my train of thought um the it, it's fascinating watching this sort of play out and you know it's it's amazing how how many people are sort of um sucked in by what is essentially cullen's tiktok videos showing what are essentially um two 2d plots um given a, a 3d spin so basically you make your columns stick out a little bit to and we we always would say that you know anyone that pr presents a bar graph um with 3d columns is just it's just they're looking to they, they don't have data 
right? And so they're trying to uh, trying to <laughs> bedazzle you with uh, their graphic techniques. And um, <laughs> uh, now I'll hurt his little micro penis feelings. Well, let's let's uh, let's keep in mind. Uh, it would be small. It's smaller than it needs to be because uh, the, <laughs> the 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 local rabbi. Um, obviously sucked on it when he was a baby and you know that's bound to torment you that's why you end up with that Ritlin grimace that uh he has and um i don't see them starting uh they were supposed to start in an hour and oh it says live live in 30 minutes now so now i've got to um <laughs> i've got to fill up the time now between uh, then and now so um what should we what should we do to fill up uh 30 minutes of uh, dead airspace you know I, i'm supposed to be doing a stream with uh spartacus today um you know that's that's actually a useful um use of my time um always uh spartacus streams are uh always um interesting i always learn something and uh see your local shlomo says okay Kevin, i'm currently studying medical imaging and computer vision in general do you know something about it seems that only 20 years ago a better algorithm was discovered for better and accurate images like mri um not especially um it's a specialized field so um you know good luck good luck in it i, I would say the the issue now with computing is that I think these large language models, man, are just going to blow most programmers out of the water. That's that's what I think is going to happen because it's um, the the rapidity with which those things can generate code and functions for MATLAB and that type of thing. Um, the you know what was like the cutoff for you know, technical competence that you know you had to be had to be able to at least code a little bit to be able to um, work work data analytics and suddenly suddenly that barrier has been lifted and so I, I guess I guess the uh, the skill will come in um, having the refined knowledge set so you know what questions to ask the large language model but um, I, I imagine that getting made uh, pretty redundant very, very quickly as these as these models begin to learn off each other. And who knows where we'll be in five, ten years' time? And this is this is why you know the the premise about them wanting population management in this type of environment where literally you're you're going to have billions of people with nothing to do except go and noticing that noticing will become a full-time occupation and what happens when people start a noticing well you know you begin to realize um who's been feeding you bullshit lines uh, again and again and again and um if you've been subject to harms from these people then yeah you, you know <laughs> human beings are uh, strange creatures in that respect and uh, uh, 
can be uh, unpredictable at best. So, um, of course, they would want to be, um, yeah, getting getting control measures in so that they can uh, maintain. But what what that has to do with medical imaging, um, I don't know. If you, if you're good enough and you can be in there. Um, implementing the sort of engineering and directing it somewhat. Of course, I think they're still going to need warm bodies uh, to some degree. But I, I think most most run-of-the-mill programming, ugh, that's um, that's a dying a dying industry. I think. Um, let's see, WTY. Oh, not. Uh, let me uh, fix that. Uh, sorry. Um, it's supposed to be doing it automatically now, but something's gone wrong with it. Let's see if this is working. Um, let's do... Uh, good. Um, and... Did that work? Yes, it did. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, but so I think it might be worth just uh, going over again. And actually, I had an update with Hengin regarding H7N9. Um, the the Finnish sniper himself um, always always looking to improve. And actually, uh, he made a bit of an error yesterday, and so I that this will give me a chance to correct that. But um, let's uh, so I can I can do the uh, the error thing first. So in terms of um, H7, H9N7, uh, sorry, H7N9 influenza, avian, avian influenza, he, he'd searched H9N7. And so uh, what he found was, oh, I might as well just uh, switch my screen over, right? So um, what he found was that uh, NCBI's influenza virus database has about 100 uh, HA sequences of H7N9 with a human host. The human H7N9 hemagglutinin sequences are all from China. Taiwan or Hong Kong. The oldest sequence is from 2013 and the newest sequence is from 2017. So if it was possible to detect and sequence H7N9 in 2013 to 2017, weren't there any new sequences added in 2020 if there was a massive outbreak of H7N9 in humans? Yes, this is precisely the point. And this, you know, let's not forget that at first Cullen was saying it was H1N1. Uh, that was the influenza agent that had been weaponized, etc. Let me just um, get rid of that thing. So for some reason, it flickers, and it's a ah, what do you call it? It's Ata Mini glitch. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Um, so, uh, yes, so there are a, a handful of sequences and it's just not there. Their, their data is spurious. And again, what they're trying to do is to paste the, uh, the rise in all-cause mortality, which we 
um, I'm of the opinion that they did release a um, biowarfare agent, as we know it, SARS-CoV-2, and the increase in deaths, of course, were not helped by um, hospital procedures. I don't think all the deaths are iatrogenic in this instance. Um, not, not by a long shot. I do not think they're all uh, fentanyl. Fentanyl is a uniquely U.S. problem, and we saw it um, move around the uh, the world. And this this is a concerning concerning set of developments, considering where we are today with the geopolitical situation that we find ourselves in. And my contention would be that we should be looking for our primary suspects should be those who are, are not playing by the rules and have the capability to uh, develop those types of technologies and are not signatories to the biowarfare conventions. And that particularly raises my suspicions around, uh, wait for it. The Jew uh, in Israel, and um, of course, United States uh, is in the uh, same unfortunate position. And um, we we should be very cognizant of the fact that this pressure cooker that's building up, and the, the wars in Ukraine, etc., may be a uh, power grab. Um, certainly not lost on me all the footage that we've seen of, uh, how should we say, fighting-aged, uh, forelocked uh, Hasidim being able to walk around um, certain cities in Ukraine, and um, whilst uh, the, the Slavs are being uh, blown to bits on um, European battlefields, trench warfare, again, and this, this I think, has to be take it into account with any sort of high level analysis of what happened, why, why we're seeing what we're seeing right now. And I'm just, Oh yeah. Before I forget, um, just, uh, prayers for, uh, our good doggy. He's been on the receiving end. I didn't realize how bad he was. Um, I thought I'd seen him posting, but apparently he, he had his ass kicked. Over the last week or so, his blood saturations were down really low, and the um, 90 and below, um, trying to get around. Um, he's feeling somewhat better right now, but the um, let's let's hope. But because he had a rough time of it, let's just. Uh, he's a treasured member, um, a good friend now. Uh, of uh, the bunker, and uh, yeah, I want, I want, I want all prayers aimed at uh, good doggy now, because good doggy prays for you uh, most days. Lick spells. All right. Um, move to WTYL. Rumble is wonky donkey nowadays. Is Rumble not working? Ah, look, it's 120 watching. What's the matter with you? <laughs> um. Let's see. Love the sniper. What a saint. Yeah, man. Hengin, Hengin is the, he's the daddy of the internet, man. Um, he's uh, he's a machine. Anyway, let's let's just remind ourselves of 
these disinformation networks whilst we're waiting for the <laughs> the whatever they're called crowdsource the truth uh, stream because um, it was um, it was interesting. So Jason Goodman was the CEO of a company called Aerocine, which shot drone footage in Chernobyl in February 2014 when the Maidan coup took place. <laughs> Just so happened to be there a uh, the Jew. being around when the Maidan crew is going on that essentially stinks, stinks of a sort of intelligence-like asset. Steve Outrim wrote about Around the same time, the Forward Operations Group was in place in Chernobyl, Ukraine, about 60 miles from Kiev. Uh, do, 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 do. Steve Outrim also wrote former Breitbart journalist Lee Stranahan, who is a registered foreign agent working for a Russian state-sponsored propaganda outlet, Sputnik, has been banging the Ukraine drum for a while now. He's the guy who introduced his longtime friend, Jason Goodman, to George Webb. Jason Goodman was the founder and CEO of a company called 21st Century 3D. Now, just just reminds that reminds me. Didn't Lee Stranahan get um, a bunch of health issues a year or two ago? Um, wasn't he Wasn't he getting like wasn't he diagnosed with like cancer or something? Is he still alive? Is Lee Stranahan around still? Um, anyway. Uh, Outrim also wrote that the LinkedIn profile of a Serbian guy called Ivan Stamatovsky says that he worked for Jason Goodman's company from 2004 to 2011. In 2014, he started a drone company called Easy Aerial, whose clients have included the United States Air Force and Navy. The advisory board of Easy Aerial included five people who were senior officials in the Israeli Air Force. And of course, we must not lose sight of the fact that drones now are playing such a massive role in Ukraine and is is Goodman profiting from wars by selling drones to Ukrainians maybe maybe um, like I say all these people are sketchy and shady as fuck okay um uh, Robert Podger says, Stranahan is a Russian bot for Sputnik, last I checked. Um, gave Steve Outrim a link to your last show. He will probably be watching. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Laurie says, Lindsay's ass is so hot, it's responsible for global warming. Um, I agree. <laughs> uh, let's see. I thought he got laughed off the uh, internet. Yeah, Colin is blocking everyone left, right, and centre. So he he can't he can't take or handle pushback in any form. He had to have a highly moderated debate in order to try and get across his fallacious points where he didn't understand what P and I was and how it was. It was a catch-all for multiple uh, disorders, not just uh, influenza. And um, he can't, he can't take any type of solid resistance whatsoever. And neither can Goodman. So it seems. Uh, let's see. I just want to catch up. Let's see. Uh, eggs, turmeric, and black pepper. Get that into you, bro. Once you have an appetite. Yes. Um, may Allah keep doggy safe. Good doggy safe. Yes. For that, we can have a. Uh, Where's my app? Hello, Akbar! 
5,500 Ukrainian troops killed this week. Is that true? Fuck me, man. The assholes that would play these types of games, man, that, that would do it to your, your kith and kin, your children, and the psychopathic um, mercantilism. <laughs> we, we all know who shows those traits. All right, so, um, hang on. Okay, uh, I've just got to um, do something real quick. Uh, postpone the Bible lessons for the kids. Um, I'll do that right now. Um, yeah, my eldest boy, um, he's been poorly. Um, the kids were all off school yesterday, and uh, you know it's middle of winter now. Everyone's um, tired, and uh, okay. um, just just bear with me, folks. I need I need to take care of that right now. Don't blame my chooks. It's the the Jew <laughs> says uh, Tishbite. Yes, uh, it is always uh, they always always come through. Uh, let's see, learn to code, lols. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just just think how just think how they gutted everything, man. And you know the the ruling classes, uh, the untermenschen, nothing but a uh, resource to be used and abused. Uh, so, have we got uh, repeat um, comments coming in again? Is that is that is that working properly? Who the fuck is that dude, John Cullen? Um, I don't know. Um, he he sort of made a name for himself when the Las Vegas shooting happened, and he was doing a whole bunch of analytics basically trying to prove that there were multiple shooters and i don't know man it, it was a lot of people died that day i want to i want to say it was like a few hundred at least right how many people died in the and you know if you've if you've got stacks of weapons lined up from a high observation point and it's a mass crowd. I mean, even if he didn't have an automatic weapon, you know, semi-auto weapon, man, that's a that's a few rounds a second that you're going to be firing down range into a mass crowd, and you know, in a concert, right? It was a concert that they were at, and so I don't I don't know what to make of were there multiple gunmen, maybe. 
maybe. There, there's always lots of um, contradictory threads around um, these sort of big events, so I'm, I'm not sure what, what to make of it. But how many died in Las Vegas shooting? Uh, oh, no. oh, it's 500 injured, 58 killed. So, you know, um, from high up on whatever it was, like the 30, 40 floors up, looking down onto a rock concert, um, you could probably argue that the, <laughs> the casualties were, um, in terms of deaths, probably on the low side, um, particularly if there were, if there were multiple shooters uh, uh, at hand. So... Um, <laughs> To make there. All right, so uh, let's see. The Vegas shooter was a never-Trumper that the FBI has all the facts and tried to blame Republicans. Uh, it was just a bump stock. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean... Fifty fifty eight people. I mean, you know, it's not an insignificant amount of people dead, but how many people would have been at that concert? Thousands, right? And you're just you're just free, no no interference. You're not getting any other distraction coming at you, and you've essentially you've got like five minutes of open fire onto that crowd as they try to get out of exits. <laughs> Uh, all, right. all right, so wasn't Khashoggi executed on the anniversary of the event right down to the hour? Maybe, maybe. Uh, the Las Vegas shooting was an assassination attempted on MBS, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. He was standing at the Four Seasons, three floors up from Mandalay Bay in the same building. The shooters were in five to six helicopters from Boeing in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, I say I don't I don't know the full details. I know I know this is a big thing for Americans and um you know it's it's used as a pretext for um gun grabs, etc. and you know, <laughs> what what price freedom? Well, you know, can uh, <laughs> Americans have decided it's worth uh, worth a spree shooting or two a year. Um let's see, it was a hundred percent Saudi assassination attempt. Maybe. Maybe. I know, I know he was there and he got whisked out. He was definitely there. Let's see. Dr. Laurie says, in my spirit of transparency, Lindsay's hot ass is now my wallpaper. Thanks for the excellent suggestion, Kevin. Um, I think we're getting old, uh, old chats coming through. Uh, Taxa Raiding Blick. Uh, what's going on with this chat? Um, why, is it, why is it sending in uh, old WTYL messages? All right. Uh, we have to have a pallet of ammo for all that. They were trying to blow up propane tanks and stuff too. It was supposed to be way worse. Um, a pallet of ammo? No. I mean, if you've got a bunch of mags loaded, 30, 60. Yeah, I mean, you just need 20... 20, 30 mags. If you've got five or six guns preloaded and you just shoot down onto a crowd. I could I could see those casualty numbers. Anyway, um <laughs> let's just see um uh what is waifu 
can't log into Facebook. Um, Exercising for sciatica. Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm past exercising for it. Although I have to, I I have um just foregone any pretext now. I realise I'm on the uh, I'm on the <laughs> the last spiral. I'm now taking the NSAIDs constantly. Fuck what happens. Um, <laughs> just. I'll just drug whatever other side effects come in the come in the door. I'm, I, I've I've been my back has been feeling. Oh, well, you could argue that it's the treatment as well, but um, the NSAIDs I think have been a significant contributor to feeling somewhat better. Anyway, uh, let's see. Anyways, fuck this shit show. In the grand scheme of things, Vegas shooting matters about as much as how much grey ball hair I currently have. I, I don't want to think about how much grey ball hair you have, but. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Ah, oh, Christy in the chat. How are you, sweetheart? I'd rather speak to you than uh, look at Colin. Um, but, you know, if uh, they're calling Charles a Nazi um, just because I poke them about, slap them about on the internet, um, you know, they deserve uh, stream sniping at least. And uh, look, this, this chat is in members only mode, meaning he fears, he fears the crowd. Whereas the good doc, uh, everything is open and transparent uh, as it should be. Um, Kev, need to try a low dose now track zone game changer for me. Um, yeah, I thought about it and um, I... I don't want to try. I've been too long now on the old, uh, what do you call it? Tramaset, right? And it would mean an uncomfortable transition over. And um, the, the, the <laughs> you can look at my MRI. The just the the discs are 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 gone. Basically, they're all like with the left hand. Um, gelatinous bit on each uh, the the lower three lumbar vertebrae uh, it, it's all degraded and um you know what i would like is the money to be able to go and see if those newer therapies which try to re-polymerize the disc and bring it uh, stabilize it that way but then yeah i, I imagine there's probably a whole bunch of it probably doesn't do that much in the end. Uh, let's see. Um, it does the opposite effect in high doses. Yeah, I I know it's um, people have used it to great effect um, for pain, etc. Um, you know what? I'm just happy with my uh, synthetic opioids. Thank you very much, and uh, I will I will supplement those with uh, ibuprofen now and. Uh, Whatever, whatever else I need to uh, quench my uh, my stomach, uh, turning itself inside out. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, but you can't take low dose naltrexone with um, Tramacet, which is a mu opioid agonist. Um, it blocks its action, and it's one of the few um, painkillers that they'll let me have in Japan that actually does any any good 
I'm afraid. Um, but uh, yeah, NSAIDs are, are helping. All right. Uh, LDN pumps out endorphins at two to three hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think I've got any left, sweetheart. <laughs> um. All right, all right. Care. I did that. I did that. A subscriber only mode noobs. Yes, 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 yes. Subscriber is free, or am I wrong? No, you have to pay him to comment on his streams. And look, he doesn't. He doesn't get um, much traffic anyway. So he basically hangs off Colin's coattails, trying to trying to maintain relevance. And you know, once you've once you've made so many fuck ups, like uh, calling in dirty bombs to the uh, Charleston docks. Uh, with George Webb, there's there's only so much credibility that you have with respect to being able to maintain an audience on on the internet, and I think I think Cullen probably has a bit of cachet for um, trying to uh, for doing that stuff around the Las Vegas shooting, and so there's a sort of coterie of um, megatards that um, follow him around and. Um, and and so uh, and if they're unable to pick apart scientifically what it is that he's saying, um, then I don't know. I don't know what how to help these people, especially if they're not going to listen to actual scientists who can um, tease apart the diet uh, diet <laughs> science. I should say. Uh, let's see. Subscriber is free, or am I wrong? Um, no, I think I think he wants to um let's see, join. Um discount membership. Four dollars plus Odyssey fee, ten dollars. Um but yeah, there you go. Join for three dollars per month. And uh fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. Give it away for free and if people appreciate it, they'll uh stick a shekel in the uh in your cup as they go out the door. All right. Um, helps neuro too. Um, yeah, I know. Um, just uh, <laughs> I've just I've thought about it. Trust me, and um, I'm I'm kind of happy with just uh, where where I'm at right now. I don't want to, you know. There's like, once things start falling apart, you've got to you got to you, you got to be careful about undoing the bailing wire and uh, duct tape. You've already slapped all over everything to keep it in place. Uh, let's see. Um, Disappointed they didn't do Seven of Nine, a slave, Leah, and Lindsay as the Twee Lek. Um, <laughs> he gives me shooter vibes. Yes. Uh, let's see. I've heard Kratom, Carveru. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure on the legality of Kratom in Japan. They're so strict here with um, anything like that. So I'm, I'm kind of at the mercy um, in this instance. Uh, Fair to Fox says, at least our side has hot chicks. Aye. Um, it's like price. Going uh, <laughs> on Calvin's price plan. Yeah. Well, you know. The Jew. Hashtag. They always come through. Um, uh, let's see. The Cullen Friday PM streams are basically a teaser to the rest of the stream behind a paywall. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't know um, how 
how entertaining this would be. And um, I've got uh, I've got Spartacus here. Sure, sure. Just uh, <laughs> these people are pointless. Um, uh, let's uh, let's bring uh, Spartacus in if he's. Uh, He's uh, ready to go right now, and then I'll, I'll change. I'll change the stream post fact because you know, what, what are they going to say? <laughs> they're going to point to uh, a marine that served with distinction, whose family, whose family served for multiple generations, a Nazi, and who has brought more uh, more information to pin to people that inflicted on us what happened in the last four years more than any other person alive. Um, yeah, okay, good luck with that, assholes. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, it's Charles in the chat. Uh, good to see you, bro. Um, I don't know if I could be asked to do it. Like, they're late doing their stream anyway. But Oh, it started 13 seconds ago. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I'll pause that. I'll bring Spark. I said, uh, Spark. Hey, hey, how are you, bro? Pretty good. Uh, long time, I see. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. <laughs> how was it, um, Christmas? Was it uh, peaceful? Oh, just the I usual. Yeah. Yeah. working off the uh turkey still is that there? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get um, it. turkey and the, the eggnog and all that and <laughs> there was uh many many beers consumed oh yes yes um <laughs> lots of beers i can imagine <laughs> but so um let's let's get down to business because you actually did you did a spartacast this week um, yes, I, I retweeted it out. I enjoyed listening to it. Um, kind of um, incendiary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, why? Why not at this um, moment? Right. I, I'm. I'm yeah, at, this, at this juncture. Yeah. I'm fed up, man. Just I'm fed up having to deal with no virus clowns. Um, people, people trying to say that everything that happened was influenza. Um, it's... And it clearly wasn't. Right. Um, I mean, I I had COVID nineteen myself. I I experienced the symptoms that, including the loss of smell. I never had that with the flu before. Mm. So when I had COVID nineteen, it was actually like a couple of years ago. Uh, now I guess um, this was actually like um, around late twenty twenty one, early twenty twenty two. Yeah, I had loss of smell. Um, Everything with uh, with vinegar in it smelled like ammonia. That was it was completely bizarre. I'd never had anything like that before. Uh, are you sure you just weren't sniffing McDonald's vinegar in this instance? No, <laughs> actually, it was um, a bunch of different hot sauces in the fridge. At first, I took out like the I don't know, like the sriracha sauce. I was like, hmm, this smells weird. And uh, this has gone off. It's like it smells like ammonia. It smells like Windex. Or something, and and does vinegar um, go off? You know what? I I threw a bottle exactly. out the other day, right? It was like it said twenty 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 one on a label, and I, I was like, "Well, I smelt it." It never it's... goes bad, <laughs> and I was like, it "Smells all right," but you know, like a a, a dupe, I just threw it away. Um, and sure. then I um then I pulled the the Tabasco sauce out, and it had the same smell. I was like, "What the heck?" 
like everything with vinegar in it has that same smell. It's like, uh oh. Mm. So I was, and I had all the rest of the like flu like symptoms and gastro and, and like a higher three degree fever and, and, um, a, a rash and everything. So it was like, yeah, those, that was really, really weird. Mm. I did. Um, also, I did test positive with the, like one of those rapid antigen test kits at home. I didn't go for the, uh, the, the, you know, the PCR, the, the, the PCR swab, like, yeah, definitely not. So, um, where they, um, I've had jam to, it all the way up into your nose. I've had to have a couple now. Um, three, I want to say one when, well, you know, after my COVID thing, I was just, I, I had chest pain for fucking months afterwards, dude. And yeah, yeah, and it was, I don't know, it was like in the summer, and I was like, oh, I've got to, uh, I don't know what's going on here. I better, I better get get it checked. And they were like, oh, we can't see anything. And but then they they know it's um it's, well, they think it's a lot of cytokine impact onto the heart, right? That's causing the the issue. So th th there was nothing structurally abnormal. Well, no, I have uh what do they call it? Cardiomegaly, which is like a uh, my heart is too big, bro. Uh, too right. Big. <laughs> Um, but I've, I was always like that. Um, cycling, I think, did that. But um, <laughs> sort of roll a podge in the chat. Unless it uh, unless it smells like Sarah Silverman's minge, the vinegar is good. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, I, I, it's tough for me to imagine vinegar going off unless unless you put something into the vinegar that would. Um, Okay, in this this in this instance, <laughs> but uh, for those that didn't hear the uh, Sparkcast, why don't uh, why don't you uh, lay lay it down? Um, quite quite apropos in Wef Week, right? Um, one of the things that that kind of set me off uh, a couple of months ago and kind of made me um, take a bit of a break from everything was when I saw that the uh, that the FDA were not planning on investigating. Um, the DNA contamination of the vaccines that uh, Kevin McKer McKernan mm. and his uh, his team had identified um, and independently verified on multiple occasions, and got and they had Canada admit that the DNA contamination was present. So it was, um, yeah. Um, well, you know, basically, I was, I was they're, just, they're just covering for him. I was speaking with Kevin. Last week, he was he, he was giving a talk to some Japanese, um, well, doctor, uh, genetics professor Murakami, uh, a few other clinicians, and I was there, and um, and we we were just sort of talking backwards and forth, and his his sort of take on it was that, well, yeah, of course, the integration issue is problematic potentially um but with um double stranded uh no, sorry lipo uh nanoparticle covered strands but the i i agree with him in his assessment which was that what it what it's done is essentially allow a sort of forensic um tool to be allowed to say hey there is 
contamination issues. So, you know, the things like metal contaminants. I was speaking to Rima about this the other day. When we looked at our vials, we didn't see um, metal contamination. The German consortium group, eh, they saw some, but not a huge amount. But there's this disparity among uh, vials. But I've got a feeling that if, if just as a consequence of the method that they've used that yeah it's probably it's probably in there and they've not taken it into account and so it provides a way of um getting past well i don't know if it gets past the liability shield in this instance but yeah anyway it's just um, it's, it's 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 good for that was his it was his um point that's that's what i was trying to get to the other thing is that um uh so basically, I mean, recently, uh, this, was, this was like um, a couple months ago, uh, they found that pseudo-uridylated uh, mRNA uh, can undergo plus one ribosomal frame shifts during translation. Mm. Um, so it like skips a letter and then you end up in a completely different reading frame and yeah, yeah. reading off completely different codons. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you, not good. So you saw Jean Claude Perez, or, or or good, or good actually. If I mean, if you know, if you think that the spike protein happens to be one of the most toxic things on the planet, I mean, I do. Excuse me. Um, and um, yeah, it's like, do we want the the translation to succeed, or do we want it to fail? Well, so Jean Jean Claude Perez put out a, a quick like uh, it's essentially like a brief report right and um he put it up on zenodo and he's found that there's overlap with what, what were the ones that stood out I, I actually i i sent him i asked him do you want me to just go through that and just tidy it up a little bit i sent it to him yesterday actually but um just to make it uh more anglophone ready and the he He'd found uh, peptide from uh, what's the what's the disease that they syphilis <laughs> where they they're, oh, they're all allowed to wear wigs and shit <laughs> for uh, um, yeah syphilis is uh, what he found in there and also a peptide from some brain eating amoeba. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's not good <laughs> not good at all um the thing uh the other thing is is that so like pfizer falsified their western blots mm -hmm. um in their their submissions to uh the fda and ema and, and the rest and this is something that i actually uh noticed uh i was discussing with someone else um on a forum like months and months ago and it kind of kind of slipped my mind but the, i mean it's they haven't even i mean I, i'm pretty sure i brought it up once but it's like um they've completely falsified their western blots they basically like photoshopped them mm -mm -mm. it's yeah. like these they, they they artificially generated these it's um to make it look like it, it puts out pure spike protein when it doesn't mm. and that is just complete fraud it's just it's
Someone in the, in the chat just asked, uh, how will we know if the frame-shifted, uncharacterized transfection products are not worse than Spike? Very, very good question. We don't. We have no idea what it's producing. <laughs> could be could be unfolded proteins that, that could um, trigger the unfolded proteins response and apoptosis. Um, well, there's, not... there's actually a bunch of papers. Keep going. I'll just, whilst I dig it up, but we, we can see some Western blots from the expression of Spike, actually. Just bear with me. Uh, but yeah, carry on. You just reminded me. Um, the toxicity um, from unfolded proteins could be really, really bad because, I mean, if if you if you have a frame shift occur mid translation like that, I mean you're producing something where you're you're not even it's not even guaranteed to fold correctly. Mm. So I just sent them a link there with, with a paper on on the UPR and how it uh, produces inflammation mm. and apoptosis and all that. Uh, I gotta scroll back. This it was actually Kev that sent them to me. Um, that was it. Um, but yeah, the 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 consequences of this trying to leverage this type of mechanism when we um, we're still we're still figuring it out ourselves in terms of best case scenario right we're in like healthy cells and um how the how the whole process maintains its ability to well yeah the protein folding is the the big one of course um but the uh, someone in the chat there uh centropede just uh said the worst part of pseudouridine is that it is a methylated base. Recycling it will lead to a shift in epigenetics, hallmark of many cancers. That's an interesting thought. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, it, uh, it gave me a link to his paper, and I had I had one. This one, but it, actually, it has this one hasn't been published. It's sat on. Um, med archive for as far as I can tell I, I haven't followed this up but um, let me share screen with you and basically you just have this one very large smear where you should have a distinct band right which mm. is you know, well basically telling you you're getting a whole bunch of um, peptides of various sizes and um, screen screen is that is that working your head? I can see it okay great. Um, so I think it's at the end the figures yeah there wow <laughs> <laughs> like what's all that right right <laughs> well not good we can see why um, these these companies are falsifying their Western blots is because they don't want people to see this. Uh, yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. 
yeah, it's uh, but the thing is, is the regulators should be able to see that they should they should have noticed because when you falsify a Western blot, the result looks exactly like a photoshopped and falsified Western blot. <laughs> well, so there's there's a couple of issues there. That so what they were using, which is a, a, apparently a thing now, is that they've got this automated system that essentially, you know, but the thing about these Western blots is they they kind of look a bit rough around the edges, right? It's not very sort of clean, and they that's and I wonder if you know, how much of the move in that direction was because of, well, them wanting to introduce these types of technologies. But they, they do have these um, digitized, automated Western block um, tools that are, uh, that that's why they did what they, they did and thought they could get away with it. And yes. the, um, well, it's this, standards regulations issue and they obviously gave zero they gave zero fucks basically that's what happened man <laughs> that's what you know yeah um so yeah that's so it's it, it was um i don't want to say it was yeah kevin wrote a um yeah i have it here it's I'm here. I'm here. Why won't you let me? Oh, that's why. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh... Uh, so he. Let me see. Uh... He wrote this. Have you seen oh, this? Differences in vaccines and SARS-CoV-2 replication, implications for cell and future biology, and they. Um, wow. He 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 wrote a, a paper back in twenty one, basically raising this issue of. Um, oh, Charles! Uh, Charles wants to come in as well. Oh, that's uh, oh. Charles, and just for uh, <laughs> uh, oh, we're on. Uh, we're on. Can you handle? You can handle Zoom, right, dude? Um, I, I don't. I don't have Zoom working on this rig yet. Um, quick download for you though, right? I, it works in browser, right? Um, if I if I send you a Zoom link, it should work in browser. I don't I don't th think I'm set up correctly to use Zoom right now. Yeah, you're not doing a Simon Phoenix and hopping between Linux and. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here if I can. Oh, that's irritating. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I can get on Zoom right now. Um, well, uh, I'd like to. Well, Charles, if you want to, uh, then that you go through that rigmarole of trying to do a group thing of in Zoom, which is painful as well. Um, well, um, it's my sign-in's not working on Zoom. What's what's not working? I don't think my my sign-in on Zoom is working. That's really irritating. Uh, yeah, if you have a, uh, what do you call it? I thought if you, if you had a, just an invite, oh no, no, you still need, you still need the login, right? You still have to have a, yeah, uh, um, uh, all right. 
Um, let's see. Uh, I can get on Skype or whatever you're using. Well, we're using Discord, dude. Um, and I can try adding everyone in on Discord. Um, let's let's do that. Sounds good. All right. Uh, do this. I can't remember what uh, what for Charles's uh, handle is on. Hang on, I have to go look for it. <laughs> Wait. Uh, sorry, folks. Just uh, technical issues here. Uh, I can get it. hope I can get it here. And also, I want to put a word. Has anyone heard from Kush at all? Just whilst we're just um, shooting the the shit. Um, Kush has gone missing. And um, I'm actually kind of concerned. Because he was quite um, chatty and dropped off out of the community. And... Um, if anyone has known or seen him on another forum, um, let me know. And let's do this. Oh, I know what it might be. I don't have Charles added as a friend on Discord because this is a new account. I got, uh, I got slayed a few months ago by the Centropy overlords. <laughs> All right, so in that case, I need to do this. So I sent a friend request to you, Charles, on Discord, and you have to add that, and then um, or respond to that. It'll be in like the upper left-hand corner, and then add me as a friend, and then I can bring you into the call. So, um, uh oh, he's beeping at me now. All right, got it. Um, Uh, yeah, sorry, dude, but I kind of interrupted your flow with, um, what was it? the Spartacast, so. <laughs> right. Um, um, anyway, um, the other thing that there was a conference held by, uh, Professor Masanori uh, Fukushima in, uh, in Japan about the, um, the adverse effects of the vaccine. Mm. And, um, one of the things they brought up was the IgG4 class switching which makes essentially that makes the immune system respond to SARS-CoV-2 spike as though it were an, an allergen. 
Mm. So that may be why people who take the vaccines seem to have um, like a like a reduced inflammation up front is because their body is just ignoring the virus mm. <laughs> instead of trying to fight the infection. Not good. Well, um, th- there was a paper the other day where I, I went to line it up for a stream because it, it sort of leapt out at me somewhere. Of course, it's in rodents, so I don't know how much it sort of translates over. But the um, they they used immunocompromised animals, mm-hmm. and the uh, they were. Oh, yeah, there's no uh, Miss Gale today because the uh, show is poorly, so um, don't worry. You're, you're, you're good. You're good to go. You can go Roblox out. Oh, well, then I did my assignment for nothing. Well, no, you, you had to do your assignment anyway, so uh, yeah. good boy. Uh, okay, um, okay, so that should be Charles in, and I don't know if this might sort of cut you off right now but yeah it was kind of interesting that these mice didn't have any response to uh to SARS challenge when they but, but if they used it in normal mice they they did show pathological um changes which was kind wow. of yeah kind of a weird looking result all right i'm going to try creating the group chat so you might everyone might just get bumped right now has is there, is everyone seen this um uh did that work? Okay. I think that's Charles in, right? And Hello? Yeah, got yeah, you, Charles. Go okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey, Charles. Yeah. Sexy. <laughs> Charles, get that mic right, right in your face and turn the gain up. All right, hold on. Keep on turning it down so it doesn't explode when I turn it on. Mm-hmm. No, for some reason you come in, you coming through loud and clear from my end. There you go. Yeah, it's it's for people that are listening. Uh, I get a lot of a lot of complaints when that uh, Rixie's on, just not pulling his weight. And uh, that's my bad. I mean, clearly, it's the second time in a couple of days is happening. <laughs> Turn it right up, dude. Turn the mouthy, so max it out. Max it out. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that was getting max. better. Is that max? Okay, better now. More, more, more. Oh, it's not Max. Right. Fine, I'll just keep turning knobs. Yeah, turn it, turn it right to the top. Turn it right to the top. Yeah, better. Anyway, oh, Jesus. That's too early. Um, how do I find Spartacus in Twitter? I just started using it this week. Uh, oh, there, there you go. There's a question for you, uh, dude. Um, I could find it real quick. Could put it in the chat. But if you've got the handle too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, Charles, uh, Twitter's uh, Twitter. Spartacus is Twitter. Um, oh, uh, let's see. Is it, what is it? I am Spartacus. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, at name is Spartacus. Okay. Thank you. Um, oh. At name is Spartacus. All right. There you go. Uh, it's for it's for someone in the general chat, dude. Let me put it there. All right. So, um, so yeah, just just as a, a side, bring it bringing up um, Professor Fukushima. I'm I, I'm talking with those people now, um, and they're they they're bringing up prions. You'll notice now, and that's because of me. 
sorry. There's progressed in the East. There are so many possible conformation abnormalities that could occur from from what they're doing with these these vaccines. Um, not just from the spike protein, but also from, um, uh, you know, like the uh, like Stephanie Seneff brought up with the the G quadruplexes and the, the microRNAs and all that, you know, and um, just so many poss- possible means for misfolded proteins to occur in in, in these uh, with these mRNA vaccines. Yeah, and this is. It's important because I was I did a paper the other day, which uh, I, I presume it's still preprint, and it's it was actually old. I, I thought it was a newer, a newer manuscript, but it was from May, and basically they were able to show that that this protein misfolding leads to or, or amyloids and prions are essentially a sort of constant in the background, and. Um, if they if they become out of balance, then they lead to a whole bunch of obviously translation. Um, normally, fate. normally um, uh, cells basically digest them um, in uh, like the lysosome hmm. uh, before they uh, they become a problem. But if their production like overcomes the ability of cells to recycle and break them down uh, proteolytically. Then it becomes a serious problem, mm. because I, I think to some degree, everyone of pretty much of every age has misfolded proteins being produced now and then continuously, and their cells just recycle them. Mm. But then with old age, you know, there's the as as recycling, as and you know, and cellular homeostasis starts to break down, you know, you end up with with amyloid plaques as kind of as as a a, a symptom. Mm. of that um it's uh the thing about it um for the longest time they thought that like alzheimer's disease was caused by amyloidosis and amyloid plaques um but um after doing um like monoclonal antibody therapies against amyloids they found that they weren't able to treat alzheimer's that way um as 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 effectively as they thought they would yeah it doesn't it doesn't work um, it, it doesn't don't work. And the thing about that is what you have essentially um, in in Alzheimer's is um, epigenetic dysregulation of this of the cells um, just from aging. You have uh, redox dysregulation of the cells, um, oxidative stress, ferroptosis, and so on. You have iron dyshomeostasis. Um, so it's, uh, actually what we're looking at here with, with Alzheimer's essentially is all, all the hallmarks of aged cells struggling to survive and amyloid plaques are really just a kind of a, a secondary effect of that. Well, um, hold, hold your horses there because I, I've been meaning to get to this paper and there was, I've got to try to think it's this one. Um. This paper. So, tau seeds from Alzheimer's disease brains trigger tau spread in macaques, while oligomeric amyloid beta mediates pathology maturation. So, that this sort of has thrown into the ring again. That the, the the thing about it is that these these proteins are self aggregating. Mm-hmm. They they pile on themselves. Um, 
you know, Tau and, and Prion, uh, you know, scrapey form and, um, and amyloid and the like. So it's asking in the chat, would NAD, um, help? Uh, Centropy just mentioned something very interesting in the chat. Uh, heat shock proteins and related chaperone proteins act as a buffer to conformational states of many ligands. Different levels of heat shock protein expression lead to different conformational equilibrium, etc. cetera. Uh, and that reminds me of something. Um, so, like, for instance, um, one of the ways that, uh, that bats um, resist the, the inflammation caused by... Um, uh, so like SARS, like coronaviruses, is because of their their uh, heat shock protein expression relative to humans. Um, is that is that one of the reasons? I mean, I, I've I've heard the rumors that they're um, very disease resistant, considering their viral burdens and bacterial burdens. From what I'd heard, yes. Um, so it's down to the heat shock proteins. Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have they have reduced uh, interferon responses compared to most of the pathogens. Now, I want to say that it's something else to do with with their stomachs or something, or I don't know. It's uh, outside my comfort zone, so I, I'm a Nazi, so <laughs> you don't have to know much science. So. <laughs> uh, dear, oh dear. Um, I don't know if you watched. In Diffuse, it talks about that. It talks about. Um, some about their differences in bat biology, which is why they make great carriers. It's well, it's why they, it's why scientists or virologists assume they make great carriers. They've never actually shown even that Ebola, for instance, which has been blamed on bats, they've never actually shown that it's been found in bats. So, um, is, is that's true. It's correct. Hmm. Uh, I, I, there you go. You learn something new every day. I thought that I thought that was just a nailed-on thing that that was the host. Well, well, it's because of these different mechanisms, they blame it on bats, but they don't know. Basically. That's that's part of the whole that's part of the whole charade. Just like with HIV origins or with other things that they're just they're able to use bats as a scapegoat then they don't there's so much i've heard so many conflicting things about bat um immune systems so i'd never even heard about the heat shock protein thing so mm, um, it's interesting that's that came from work on yeasts the yeasts have been a big um well, they, they advanced prion science massively because of the, 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 they just had this ability to I mean, you can go in and start tweaking um, yeasts. But they, they have this, um, they use them as part of their sort of survival um, mechanisms, right? And, you know, this was this is something that uh, Spartacus can speak to. It's just this sort of um, being able to structure quickly so that you can adapt and so they get they can get into spore form and then once in the spore form um it's, it's kind of a amyloid like process and then and then part of breaking those down involves um these different um 
various pathways, but one of them is like these heat shock like proteins, right? Um, the um, what's his? I'm forgetting his name again. The, is, the Israeli dude. He was. <laughs> he wants to. He wants to industrialize amyloids for uh, zi- uh, elite Spartacus. Um, so, um, was it uh, Ehud Gazet's papers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, let me see here. Uh... Just, just you read. You said estrogen seems to reduce COVID nineteen inflammation. Uh, yes. Um, that was uh, one thing I, I saw popping up um, within the past uh, few years, where they'd, they'd claim that um, they, they they noticed that. Um, mortality rates were slightly higher in men and oh, yeah. they, they they considered the possibility that like dosing someone with estrogen could could uh lower their inflammatory response to uh COVID-19 and, and reduce the hyperinflammation and increase survival rates and one possible mechanism for that could be uh, a different like a difference in um like uh heat heat shock protein re- uh, regulation so um that's interesting it's uh and the thing is is like for instance with 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 pregnant women um and the hormone changes that go along with pregnancy for example there's a there are a lot of changes in hsp expression during that um just for example um and and bats as well have um very different HSP expression compared to humans and, and regulation, which affects um, their inflammatory response to viruses. I wonder, I wonder, you know, what, what are the, I don't want to say, I don't give people ideas, right? <laughs> what are the interventions that could be made at, at that sort of level? Um, I, I have a feeling that, well, you, you've got to be able to make it systemic. If you're any sort of genetic change you would be making, and who wants who wants to go through that process, they would. Uh, well, I'd rather uh, I'd rather be stuck on the wrong side of the bottleneck. I think. Right. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Did you see the stream I did about super prion um, extinction level events? I believe I did. Yeah. Um, Mind-blowing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Well, we, Kevin, yeah. Kevin apparently um on on the on the Cullen stream somebody's saying, "Kev, get their shit up. I need you to see I need to see you referred to as the Grand Wizard." The Grand Wizard. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I kind of want to see that too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's not working my end, so Someone, someone put a link in there that they said would work. Up a little bit ago. So the. So I, don't the... Oh, I don't know. I'm really conflicted because I don't really know if I care. Uh, th- yeah, they just did 25 minutes. Um, and the concern, of course, was YouTube doesn't like anybody well, that's they, to talk that's about That's because they can only charge. Mm. They hook you in. I'm sure it's riveting. Yeah, they're not they're not the most uh dynamic of duos and the you know like I say there's only so much credibility 
you're allowed on the internet and you know once once they'd done the charleston bombing fiasco i don't know i mean do, do you guys remember that as us no. no do you no. that was shipping sparkus surely uh you were you'd had your eye on that oh right right um let me let me hmm. bring it up charleston port shut down they, they shut they had it shut down for like 24 hours or something charleston port george webb yeah and it was crowdsourced the truth as well oh yeah oh, see i don't i don't know anything about their connections i don't mm. care shut down. sorry i asked we should just go back to spartacus cause <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> just, just stupid um, um I, don't, the, I don't know if spartacus is tracking what just happened but what, what did happen oh i did a debate with john colin yesterday and oh oh apparently, yeah yeah apparently after it which in which i was completely respectable and nice and whatever i went to bed and i woke up today and Apparently, I was a Nazi. So <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what happened in the interim, Kevin. I don't know what you did. Um, I'm a Nazi. It's, that that's the power of good doggy memes. I'm afraid. Oh, um. thanks. Thanks. I think, Kevin. <laughs> anyway, oh man, there's. Uh, I, was, the... I was debating. I was debating um, them about their stupid flu hypothesis. It wasn't actually COVID. COVID was the cover-up for a leak of highly pathogenic avian influenza flu, which I don't think they understand what the word avian means. It hasn't become transmissible in humans, but, you know, whatever. All right, they probably yeah. misread it as Asian. It's um... no, Because that would no, be racist, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, no, they're not racist. Right. I remember, correctly, uh, if I remember correctly, John Cullen isn't he the one who is like... Um, going on about how uh uh basically if you if you look at the um the epidemiology of COVID nineteen they replaced the flu with COVID. Yeah. It's like a, a bunch of people are saying that same stuff. It's it's obviously I mean absurdly wrong because for one thing, we have hundreds of thousands of papers out there on COVID nineteen pathophysiology and how it differs from the flu. So um, fake and gay. It's it's just, just like infectious clones can't spread. What are you talking about, Spartacus? You don't know shit. You don't do research. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, You're a Nazi yeah. too. Welcome to the party. Oh great, the Nazi party. <laughs> um, look, man, they had dope uniforms. What can I say? Oh, shut up, Kevin. Anyway. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how the Spartacast would sound if I translated them into German and just scream <laughs> screamed them at full volume. Well, don't feel bad, Spartacus, because. Like three or four weeks ago, Angie Rasmussen said I was a. What she say, we did a we did a Twitter space with uh, Jake Chansley, you know, the shaman, and uh, Angie Rasmussen <laughs> said, she said, oh, I can't wait to listen to this um, space with the with a drastic member most likely to become a, a mass murderer or, or a, spree a mass shooter. Mass shooter. Oh, that's great. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool. Wow. That was nice. So, so Nazis, nothing, man. I've already been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you take that as the uh, aperitif, and uh... yeah. See, Spartacus, you need to get to the that next level because clearly they're not pissing off enough people. 
yeah, they, they haven't seen my gun collection. It's like it's and it has like a liquor collection right on top of it and everything. So <laughs> I got like I got like this gun. I got this gun rack. I got this gun rack. It's got a bunch of rifles in it. It's got like a bunch of uh, uh, oh, it's got Woodford Reserve and you know and nice. all my all my whiskeys <laughs> right on top of it. And nope, nope, you are not. You're not uh, Nazi enough, apparently. Oh man, you got to up your game, Spartacus. Oh. Yeah, you need a bottle of snaps on there. For... <laughs> uh, anyway, so the um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think back. So yeah, I remember you doing about the the meetings in the Sparkcast, but it was quite a broad ranging one, from what I remember, and it was the ah. When you did, it was basically talking about how these people were just, and you know, they're they're looking at us just basically with contempt, right? As uh, we've we've bas- we've basically dared to question their legitimacy, and I, I think that's that was sort of as you span off from the um, that they're not looking or they're refusing to. Uh, investigate anything and and actually that's happened in the uk if you watched andrew bridgen at the beginning of the week with the covid so there's an official covid inquiry and he's being allowed a sort of cool down the mark sideshow where he's being allowed to speak um in parliament at a little sort of select group and in the uk they've just said that they're not they're not investigating vaccines as part of the COVID inquiry. And it's not in their, it's not in their uh, frame of reference or whatever. In terms of reference. Well, they just said that they're, they're postponing it till after the election, which basically means they're not going to do it. And oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds uh, like Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- th- any side, any anyone. Anyone in the political class has going to have been in a situation where I'm sure if you went and start digging through their portfolios, are going to have trades and something something that would piss off most most people who don't stand any chance of getting near that type of um, game, or you could say basically insider trading at this point. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it was it was uh, it was Sparkus who was uh, rallying the, <laughs> the the masses with his um, with his Spartacast in the week. So um, I don't know. Did did I did I remember it right? That's that's what I. It seemed quite an angry one from what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was getting pretty pissed off. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, Didn't listen to this. And uh, let me see if I can go ahead and post that. Hang on a minute. I can hear kids somewhere. Somewhere. Something just doesn't sound right to my ear, gentlemen. Just one second. I can't tell. Uh, there's, there's nobody in my apartment right now. Mm. Except for me. Just bear with me. Am I 
has gone. Oh, living the dream. Feel free to feel free to tell us about your Spartacast since uh, he might not come back. No, sorry, it's, oh. it, it's my boy. He's um, I don't know, shouting at Roblox and like they're on like a I don't know Discord call or something. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, anyway, sorry for the the break there, but um, let's see where were we. Um, you spot on crowdsource distraction came right when the zombie deer and prions picked up uh, yes um, let the, Jiki made a good point about these individuals that you, you, you're seeing the um, hello big boy how you feeling better let me see here um one of the things I got into um, in the Sparta cast was um, just how hypocritical, like the World Economic Forum, you know, and the Davos boys are. Um, it's like they they fly to to uh, the Swiss Alps and these these giant swarms of private jets, and then they sit around discussing how to um, curtail all of our living standards for the betterment of the planet. It's just absolutely absurd. Mm. Yeah. Well, and you have that. Well, it's rubbing it in your face as they basically pumps off to essentially Swiss Davos, right up in the up in the ski slopes, and you know when you hear about the reports of high end hookers being book solid for that period and. These people are gross, man. Like, yeah. Rose for thee. Yeah. And Ursula von der Leyen going on about um, uh, the need for censorship against uh, misinformation and disinformation to um, enhance trust in institutions and how their, their Digital Services Act will accomplish that. And then, and then you know, Theory Breton going around and saying that, you know, that... Um, X has to conform to uh, their uh, the EU standards for hate speech and and discrimination and and uh, you know, all that trust and safety nonsense. You know, Mod essentially they want them to moderate their content better. Um, and really, I I've always been kind of a well a bit of a free speech absolutist myself i i don't believe in any censorship or any or hardly any content moderation if if the internet could could be uh, essentially if we if we had more platforms that were like middleman free like just distributed uh, social media stuff like that with no centralized moderation with where people could just hide and ignore stuff they didn't want to see i think that would be a lot better than what we have at present uh yes the uh... We talk you listen dot com for the uh, that's that's the uh, the dark horse in this race. Um. Yep. <laughs> but not just that. I mean, stuff like uh, IPFS, uh, Ether, um, whatever we can do to get away from these these centralized networks and centralized servers. Because you know, the thing is, is that they're they're going after websites, not just. Um, on a domain name level, but also like on an infrastructural level, um, if they they post stuff that's uh, that goes against 
that's outside the Overton window or that goes against the narrative. You know, they they do they've done things like confiscating domain names, um, black holing the IPs on websites. It's like, and when I see that, what I what I think is, you know, we need to get away from the the client server model of the internet. That's that is the I mean, just having that that weak spot, having to rely on a centralized server to serve content. Um, we yeah, should how, be moving more towards like it? how do you get around it with the, just to be able to do like um, we talk to listen dot com and like live streaming. Um, you know that's yeah. You you still have to register a domain and and uh, have a hosting provider that's willing to to host you, or have uh, your own server, your own hardware, and uh, access to uh, backbone line like you know mm -hmm. uh, com commercial like T one T three three and so on. So, but they fiber they um you know even well server grade architecture is outside the reach of. Most people. I mean, we we just rent, basically. Exactly. The... So, like, what are you guys on? Like a, a VPS or? Um... No, it's uh... um. Simon, what's the? He'll tell you the specs. He'll put it in the chat. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not bleeding edge server, but there's a couple of this um file. Simon strikes me as the kind of guy who'd have his own machine. Um. You would you would think so, but he's impoverished like me. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but he he knows um, he knows how to uh, twiddle all the knobs and uh, do all that stuff. But we we have to. You you want to be able to put streaming content out? That's actually quite resource demanding yes. in terms of sort of content delivery. And so, that... as I recall, um, Simon in the last stream was saying something along the lines of, you know, like. Basically, that I was kind of being a bit of a downer. It's like I'm always the bearer of bad news, kind of a thing. And, and he wanted to see more like uh, positive and practical solutions to, you know, the prion genocide <laughs> bastards. <laughs> well, the, the the solution is to to do what you're saying, which is like the de decentralization as much as we can. Yes, um, we have to build our own resilience networks, essentially. Um, we have to uh, see about having our own alternative forms of communication, uh, data over over ham radio, um, info bombs, basically having having a, um, like a little microcontroller and a solar panel and inside a, a Tupperware case that, that has a hotspot that anyone can connect to to download stuff over FTP. Mm. Um, stuff like that, um, with a range booster, um, mesh networking, whatever we can to have an, an alternative, um, kind of like, uh, makeshift internet, so to speak. Mm. It's, it's not easy though, dude. That's the thing. And you know, the, 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 the trouble, the biggest problem you're going to run up against is having enough bandwidth to serve um rich content like uh, images video and so on um but even with the most primitive uh forms of networking uh networking over radio and the like you're still going to have enough bandwidth to send uh brief text messages and sometimes in, in some cases that's all you really need mm. um but it would kind of be like using the internet back in the 80s yeah um, yeah i'm not sure if that's such a bad He's thing, a, dude. 
kind of like more like the ARPANET kind of a thing, you know, just back back to sort of text and reading. I'd probably go back to you reading. Just use books. a text based browser. Mm. Hmm. Some so we're, we're they're pulling you in with um, this hypnotic content on screens, right? And this instant access that it it, it provides, but it's it's essentially building the cage around uh, our very existence right now. And you know, if there's there's a lot of things that I'm re I'm ready to forego, um, but like I've got so comfortable with like stable fast internet access the yes it's even like what we're doing right now just streaming audio mm. um it's um like way beyond what you'd have with a makeshift internet yeah yeah i mean even god man can you remember just like voice over internet when it first arrived it was shitty dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was awful Everyone had those cheapo uh, lab tech lapel mics, and it's just, yeah. I can't hear you too well. What? Right. <laughs> right. God, it was, uh, and you know, Skype's first sort of few years. I mean, it 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 increased in quality very rapidly, but man, it was it was horrendous for years. And now it has um, USB podcast mics, and they they come through like. <laughs> clearer than than broadcast uh radio from like i don't know decades ago back when everyone had like professional mics in the studio right right i mean even if you just went back i don't know look i'm old enough to remember just you know when the tv was in black and white and the <laughs> the radio was shitty and uh the sound you know it, it was you had to be a real i don't know i guess there were some people that had sort of high-end I'm old enough to remember VCRs and rabbit ears, mm -mm. but uh, it's um, yeah, God, cassette tapes. VCRs coming on the scene that you could watch movies at home when you wanted. God, and you could record like whatever you wanted. That was pretty wild. Of course, nowadays oh, yeah, I'm trying to get away from that. Oh yeah, well, I was born in '83. I don't know how old you are. Spartacus, but uh, uh, 90. Oh, gee, okay. Well, sweet. I am old enough to say that you're young. So, yeah, I do recall. I do recall the, as a little kid having the VHSs and having to rewind them before you return them to Blockbuster, you know, stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you, you don't know you were born when, when uh, there was no VHS or anything. I don't know. I was about. Our our first computer um, was a uh, an IBM Aptiva with a with a Pentium two uh, back in nineteen ninety seven, and it had like a, a Diamond Monster three D two video card oh, with like no. with like twelve megs of VRAM and and um, uh, the three D FX Voodoo two chip and um, <laughs> so <I was> just, <laughs> cutting uh, cutting had, edge state had, of the had, art. I had no, I had. We had uh, WordPerfect 5.1 running on NMS-DOS. Well, I, I was just saying, the, the internet's been one today, sorry, uh, because uh, it was it Martin Luther King in the chat says, I'm old enough to remember hairy women. Um, we had, uh, we were running Windows 95, and, we, and that was back when you could still, like, reboot Windows into DOS. 
And then sometimes I do that and I'd, I'd start up Oregon Trail and all that, you know. Oh no, see, I'm, I'm old enough. I did my first, I remember typing my, oh God, in third or fourth grade in 91, typing my first paper. And, uh, nice. Oh God, printing on a dot matrix printer and. Oh, God, I remember, so I remember, terrible. I remember when dot matrix printers were in all the libraries and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, we were, we were high quality. Sorry, I'd, I'd, I'd go back to that age though. You know, <laughs> it was it was all right. There was there was you know some convenience there. Right? You had photocopiers if you needed uh, something quick off a document. And you, you know, know what I really miss? I I miss microfiche machines. Yeah. <laughs> think think about all like the microfiche laboratories. Uh, excuse, excuse me. Um, all the microfiche um, libraries that were uh, yeah. uh, digitized. Um, into uh that that's and 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 then think of the ones that like weren't digitized and i want to say like simon managed to pull i don't know he he got it for nick like a primatology journal that was you know just hadn't been digitized over and it was on microfish he managed to get hold of it so this this stuff is out there and archived still it's whether it's whether they decide whether it's convenient or not to um or to allow it into a age of sort of mass search and um people being able to go back and look at these especially these early progenitor experiments you know like i say i'm you know i i consider myself somewhat clued into primatology work but the extent to which they they'd gone with what Nick showed me was <laughs> just well, you know, it's a different, different uh, field, I guess. The immunology and the the blood mm. that that virology work, but um, man, it, it, I'm I'm still left sort of squirming at some of the stuff that they did do, and you know that one that stuck with me is sort of direct blood transfusion from chimpanzee to, well, it might not have been chimpanzee, it might have been orangutan, I can't remember, but chimpanzee probably, but direct blood transfusions from primates to humans. And that, you know, that one struck me as odd because I was like, did, surely they understood like blood groups and immune reaction issues. And, you know, there was, you just couldn't take a person's blood and just transfer it into another and but no this this was in the 50s or 60s <laughs> if he's if he's in the chat i'm sure he's, he's, he's happy to throw that link out there just so, just to hammer it home what these what these evil fucks were doing um in, in these post-war years and yeah there's well i i, I i've found myself just coming to this realization right and it's 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 been a long process of okay. You've just you're just gonna get you're gonna have to be comfortable in just saying okay. The the depopulation thing, that shit might be real, right? Just looking at what we're seeing right now, and if it is, well then what what, what why hold back in any formal measure when it's literally everyone's lives on the line 
right now? What you you you're worried about a bit of hazing on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it's, uh... um you know, I think people need to get their priorities straight. You know, it's it's um yeah, it's it, I mean, the stuff that's going on around us is so much worse than that. Like people have no idea. Mm. It's like people want to want to make a big deal about the kind of language that people use online. It's like big deal. Who cares at this point? Like we're being genocided. We're being stolen from on a on a scale that's un, a, a frankly unbelievable. Mm. And and people just just play play right along with it and that's the part that's all that always got me is how many people are willing to to comply with an agenda that is robbing them of literally everything and they can see that it's robbing them of everything they aren't blind and, and they aren't completely blind and stupid a lot of these people a lot of these people complain about the cost of living just like everyone else they complain about the price of gasoline they complain about they, about how groceries have doubled and tripled in price and uh, how they can't afford to make rent, how they can't afford baby formula, how they can't afford period products and all that. And it's like, God damn, can they not see that they're being robbed? Mm. Can, they not, can they not see that they live in a kleptocracy? How can they not see it? It's, it they're, somehow their minds are just completely incapable of making the connection between their declining living standards, their inability to take vacations, or purchase a home or achieve any of the basic life milestones of middle-class life in the West. And they, they just aren't able to make that last little connection to them being systematically stolen from. Mm. And, and in that context, the fact that people are willing to sit around and whine and bitch and moan about political correctness is just absolutely galling it's just it's just flabbergasting to me that's that's the that's the whole point of that control of language and the um well it's it's to try to induce um this a, a kind of sense of public shaming right in, in the governance by hypnosis mm. it's that's i mean what else can you even call it People are not objectively assessing their life circumstances. If they're if they're in that kind of situation where they're willing to prioritize other people's speech patterns and whether or not they fit a certain predefined moral and, and ontological standard, um, if they're willing to prioritize that over their actual quality of life, then they have no fucking clue. Mm. Well, um, Danger Mouse in the chat is saying a lot of people are pretty stupid, though. I've been working for 20 years in retail. <laughs> I guess I guess if you're... But look, um, there's a, it's, not, it's not just about smarts in this instance. It's also uh, as a species, right? You want to be able to sort of maintain um, strength in... Not not only numbers, but in terms of uh, diversity, right? So you want you not only want genetic diversity, you want diversity of cultures and um, uh, mores and norms. Because the that... system, 
the system that people are are promoting as maintaining and upholding diversity is doing the exact opposite. It's homogenizing people. It's blending them together into a gray morass. It's dumbing down and minimizing and stripping out all aspects of culture that that defy the uh, the elites and their their preconceived notions of what society should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, th this and again, you have to look at this. I was talking at the beginning of the stream. Just now, now that these language large language models have sort of burst onto the scene most of the technical jobs that have sort of enabled uh you know a better standard of living right okay there's there's a lower tier or a lower rung of society where you know there's there's some people that just you know they're just meant to pick potatoes for their yeah. life right but it doesn't doesn't mean that they don't have the dignity of being human beings in this particular instance but the um but now that they have less need for such uh, well they're openly talking we don't need the manufacturing base anymore it's not a case of bringing back manufacturing jobs or anything like this they're basically saying you can't we're not doing them because of the strictures that they're putting on uh, the internet and oh, sorry, the internet. If, uh, if they bring those jobs back, if they bring those jobs back, they're going to be done by robots. They've already mm. made that clear. Mm. So the reason why you see um, small towns that used to be involved in, in mining and, uh, and, and big cities that in the U S that used to, it used to have a significant manufacturing base. Like look at Detroit, for instance, um, completely collapsed, derelict, boarded up uh, buildings everywhere, boarded up houses, everything abandoned. And that's never coming back. And it's like, we're never, we're never going to be able to, I mean, to have jobs and prosperity and a tax base in those places ever again. Mm. And people want to say, oh, you know, it's the only reason why you're, you're so protectionist in the first place is because you you want to to bring back the jobs for poor uneducated white people that's what they they'll actually say but it's like think about how much outsourcing impacted the black and hispanic population in the u.s right back in the 1950s and 1960s you had middle class wealth even in minority groups in the U.S., because we had such a strong manufacturing base, because we had jobs for the where these people could excel, mm. and now that the U.S. has shifted to an information-based economy, th they have nothing to do, mm. and they they've been trying to shoehorn them into that information-based economy, which right now is being taken over by AI, mm. and they still have nothing for them to do. They still have a huge surplus population of people who have nothing, who, who will have no jobs. Yep. And they're trying to figure out how to eliminate that pot, that surplus population before it becomes a, a, a problem in the form of social un and unrest. What think about how callous and how crude what the overclass are doing actually is the only reason why they're, they're trying to exterminate these people with, the, with the, this vaccine is simply because they don't have any, la any labor to extract from them. 
they they they're just they're just an impediment. This a stepping stone. Yep. They 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 use them to build the infrastructure, to build out the industrial base, and then they just oh we just don't need you anymore. We can get rid of you. We can have we can drug you up. We can have you play video games all day, like you've all said. And we can outs outsource the really dirty industry to China, where we'll pay people peanuts to do it all. And uh, we'll just have a, a select few Ivy League intelligentsia doing all the um, R&D for, yeah. for, for that outsourced manufacturing. Well, we'll see how think, that think about how think about how few people they actually need in that circumstance to do the act to do the actual labor. It's like what we have now, we have these uh, these companies that through digitization have been able to to use it as a force multiplier to such a degree that they're able to 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 capture huge swaths of the market in terms of GDP. Um and in terms of market capitalization with a tiny fraction of the number of employees that companies used to employ decades ago. Mm -hmm. And this process is accelerating to the point where in, in another couple decades, you'll have multi-million dollar companies of one person and their AI swarm. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it's like, I mean, <laughs> You know, like Jeremy Rifkin thinks that this is going to lead to a, a period of essentially universal employment with people using using AI agents to get rich. But it's but right. it's that's that's not going to happen. And the reason why it's not going to happen is because this these AIs are being centralized in natural monopolies. Hmm. The startup cost of having your own your own ai that you exclusively control that is your own large language model or whatever mm. uh think about gpt3 and gpt4 and the the kind of hardware it takes to actually run them it's tens of millions of dollars of of blade server racks gp gpu racks and that's why they're they're so anxious about taiwan and tsmc is because they know that artificial intelligence depends on this hardware that that hardware is now a strategic element yeah it's it's um and that's also why they're, they're they're so anxious about and so eager to get into biomanufacturing and the bio digital convergence yeah see, really see, and this, this is where um i'm i'm less concerned about that aspect of it because I, I'm just like, well, it it seems it's abstracted away from the uh the they don't want us to be implanted with stuff, right? That their, their job right now is to manage the decline of the populations. And you know, if Sweden is any indicator to go by, they just had a fifty percent drop in birth. That's that, and under any normal metric, when that happens in a, a, any whatever it is you're looking at, ants to fucking fish, a antelope, 
humans, mm-hmm. right? That you that it's defined as a po- uh, population collapse, right? When when yeah. that amount of birth is lost in one year, and it takes a long well, if you can come back from it, and the I'm I I don't think that the that this idea of them sort of chipping and um, well, I mean. You've still got to churn through billions of people, right? Right, and that's that's going to take that, that's a multi-decade program to do, unless they unless they just said fuck it and just pulled the pulled the rugs out of everything, which they they could still do if they think that their their hide is or their skin is in the game. To any... it's not just it's not just implanting people and st- with with technology. It's um, biomanufacturing, and this is one of the things that Klaus Schwab goes into a lot in his books in um, about the Fourth Industrial Revolution and shaping the future of the Fourth Industrial Revolution and so on, is how biomanufacturing is going to replace traditional manufacturing processes. Think about how, um, how centralized chip manufacturing is nowadays because of its reliance on like extreme ultraviolet for instance, those machines cost a fortune. They're gigantic. They need a, a huge, they need these huge factories to be able to support them. Mm. And very few places have the necessary reagents to even produce these chips mm. um, cheap and, and accessible. And um, if you think about what they're, what they're, they're talking about, like what Ehud Gazet's talking about with, with um, amyloid-based semiconductors and whatnot, um, what they're actually proposing eventually is to be able to use protein ligand interactions um, and and enzymatic interactions and such for a bottom-up manufacturing approach. So basically, maybe in a decade or two or or three, we might see laser lithography for chip production replaced with biomimetic approaches, Mm. which can, which can, could theoretically be done anywhere. And this would change the in this would shift the balance of power in geopolitics on an unprecedented level. It would shift. I mean, it, nobody would care about Taiwan anymore, and uh, and China knows that nobody would care about Taiwan anymore, mm-hmm. which is why they're panicking about biomanufacturing and they want to get it, it to be ahead of the curve on um, you know uh, gene synthesis and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be the ones. To come up with these novel, uh, like you know, de novo uh, from scratch uh, proteins and enzymes to be able to make uh, to make chips with. Mm. Yeah, it's it's um, it is. I mean, what's coming? People have absolutely no idea. Just the sheer effrontery of all of it. So someone's asking the stats. What's your strategy in game? With your social media presence, mine. Mm. Um. Well, I, I guess you know. In this instance, I, I mean, I suppose um, I, I'm mostly interested in, in trying to warn as many people as possible about what's coming. Mm. And that's that's a losing um, task, dude. Um, <laughs> there's there's only so many people that can just one take a take a 
good handle on the amount of topics required just to have like a minimal grasp situational awareness right now and you know i'm i'm very very thankful for the you know the community that's built up because there is this very it's very how should we say um neurodivergent group of people mm-hmm. <laughs> to put it yeah. <laughs> and the uh and there's just there's just some things i i could never have the you need lifetime to get to anything approaching what i would consider the competence that a lot of these people um have and you know and so yeah i suppose this comes back to your point about well what what's the sort of medium medium term strategy well you have to build out these um your own information infrastructure that it isn't dependent on this uh, centralized models that we have at the moment but i i, I lack the um either the, the technical understanding or the um the imagination to really think about how to implement that and i'm <laughs> I'm hoping my kids are going to be uh, nice to me when they grow up to be uh, to be adults in this world. Um, yeah, because it's a, it's so fast moving, man. That well, you know, you've seen you've seen the like simulations and whether or, or it wasn't even a simulation, right? But it was it was a few years back where they they basically had. Um, Two, two machine learning devices basically talking backwards and forwards to each other. And they essentially developed their own language that was essentially impenetrable to the engineers that had set it up. And this, this sort of evolution in this, um, the, what they were encoding in the, I suppose they're using symbolic language in, the, in this instance. But um, th- these this this was stuff that was happening uh, 10, 20 years ago, right? And where where are we at this point right now? And to just just to and I was I was sort of blown away by the fact that this technology had been shrunk down that they were they were able to use it which is that they they're basically incorporating um fiber optic onto pc motherboard for like gpus and um bus between like the cpu and the the lanes and what have you and I was like holy fuck man um <laughs> that that is they're getting to the point now where um they're going to start seriously contemplating um optronics as an alternative to uh electronics mm. yeah um as well as alternative substrates because we are hitting the limits of silicon mm. um they are way down to atomic scale transistors almost mm. and it's um you can't get any smaller than that right right it's um so and and the thing is is that um a, we're right on the cusp of machine learning 
algorithms taking over, but but they're like they're highly dependent on hardware advances. Mm. Um, so what they're going to do next, I believe, is they're going to um, they're going to try and uh, seek out alternative substrates um, that that will allow them to either have much higher clock frequencies for the given number of transistors, or Did I lose you? Oh, I think we just lost Sparkus. But um, oh no, no, I'm oh. I'm still here. Yeah, I was just I just wanted to see if, if I was making. I, I saw it the other day, but I'm just um, optical optically linked GPUs. Yeah. Um, what is what is the ray of hope? Uh, the ray of hope is that um, we can have open source AI um, to be able to counteract. What centralized AI is capable of. Mm. And I mean, there are a lot of efforts in, in that area. I mean, people are, are, you know, forging ahead with research into like the, the llama models heard of them. Yeah. 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 Um, and, um, and whatnot. And, um, there's like, let me see here. Uh, if I can pull up, an article on that um and so basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to condense them down as much as they can because because typical LL, llms need lots and lots of, of system ram and vram to be able to run mm. um gpt3 gpt4 they need terabytes and terabytes of ram so they're basically restricted to rack mounts mm. um so you, so for those and that's that's where the natural monopoly really comes from. So let me see if I can I can pull up uh, some some data, some specs on on GP GPU. Um, and you know this is this is where they're sort of trying to pull from um, neural neural architecture type models. So you know the the question or the so you could say okay, you you're looking at wafers with okay and you're down at atomic level um resistors to act as your your substrate well then then what you get to is you get to layering or you get to so it, there was this issue around with like moore's law right the way that th that was beginning to plateau and the way that they sort of got around that was they basically just they put more processors individual sort of processing units if, I, if i'm describing that right so that you had um, six cores, that's the word I was looking for. So you, they increase core number as a way to sort of in increase um, the same trajectory in Moore's law. And I wonder if that's what we'll, we'll sort of see in this instance, right? So that you, you reach the a sort of theoretical limit in what you can um, use as the computational substrate, and then it's the... You know, Building up or up, as if you're just starting at a base, but you you layer on more and more complexity, and then and then I guess it it comes down to how you clip clip stuff together such that you can pass data between each one of the um, core the cores that you have, and yeah, I suppose I suppose. Um, Fiber optic is the 
the king's way to do stuff in this instance. And that, that's why they would be going this direction. But these um these server racks with um like NVIDIA deep learning cards in them are thousands and thousands of dollars and you need hundreds of these racks to run the, the really large LLMs. So it's like a it's like a minimum uh, setup cost of basically tens of millions of dollars, and that's not including the uh, the rest of the infrastructure, like the actual data center building itself, mm -hmm. as well as uh, all the the cooling and and power and um, and of course the power bill. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I suppose the the metric then becomes once once you've once you've got sort of speed of processing, it's it's about making it efficient, right? Which is what you've seen manifest around um phones right? yes they're, they're, they're trying to um to condense it down as much as they can and essentially what that is with, with machine learning algorithms is you're you're trying to to um to compress it um it's it's almost exactly the same as like a compression algorithm um for like you know you know like a zip file compressing data down Instead, what you're trying to compress is you're trying to compress the the essentially the geometric relationships, the um, mm. uh, the 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 embeddings, the um, essentially. So, what these AIs are doing, what a lot of people don't realize, is that they're taking um, like like input data. And they are comparing it to like like lower lower dimensional d data that that is kind of like a, an abstract representation of of essentially the the geometric relationship between different po points in the data. So so for instance, um, Par Paris France is is cl closer together than than like Paris Japan. In a, in a data set, like, like geometrically speaking, those two points are much closer together. Mm. So that's what, I mean, like a, your typical machine learning model will inside the model contain tons and tons of those embeddings like that, where they, where they they are, are based on their, their proximity, their math, they, they have a higher probability of being associated with each other. Um, Large language models take um, take words and they break them down into into number token numeric tokens with their own weights and stuff, and then compare them based on their proximity to each other mm. in in a, in a similar manner. Um, with with transformer architecture, I'm kind of oversimplifying here, but with transformer architecture, um, so um, you have. Um, like multi-headed attention where it's capable of, of, of going back and looking um, at other words in the sentence and determining their relationship to each other mathematically. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's not just looking at the last word. It's looking at like the whole sentence and everything it's, this is the, the, the actual, um, the so-called breakthrough with with recent LLMs like the transformer ar architecture and so on. It's like like autocomplete, for instance, just looks at the last word. Uh, GPT looks at at like like up to like thousands of words, mm. um, and every single time you send a query to it, it looks at the whole context mm. um, that, the, that the query was sent in. And 
this produces what appears to be like emergent behavior, like problem solving and stuff, which is completely bizarre. They have absolutely no idea how these AIs are able to even do this. Mm -mm. Mm. Uh, so you're able to do things like like ask um, G GPT, like multimodal GPT. You can you can show multimodal GPT a um, a flow chart um, uh, drawn on a whiteboard. Yeah, and um, I've seen that. <laughs> you can you can show it at like this is how I want my website to be designed. I'm just going to like um, to take some some dry erase marker and and draw it on a whiteboard. I want it to have this this layout, and then it'll take that image and it'll convert it to text, and then it'll convert that text into uh, into code. Yeah, <laughs> that text description. Um, and so doing that, the, the, the technical jobs now are that they're they're going to obliterate that level, right? That that this is this these AIs are nothing. They are the the Ford Model Ts of right. AI. They they're the 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 first step, not the last. Mm. That's the thing. And look at the backlash uh, with um, AI art and the like because of how you know they all these companies have been kind of like scraping data without any respect for copyright or the ability to opt out. Mm. And the New York times are trying to go after GPT and, and trying to, well, we want it completely destroyed because it contains our copyrighted information and so on. And, mm. and, and basically what they showed, what they were able to demonstrate is that because of overfitting, um, the AI was able to, uh, produce, um, results that very very closely resembled articles that the new york times had actually written it, it like almost word for word mm. um so and to a certain extent like if a, if a if if a judge sees that he might be like huh well that does look like copyright infringement and may actually grant in something in favor and in, injunction in favor of uh of the new york times but um yeah I the thing about I can't it see is that, that happening too just just because of the um that the, the the influence yeah the, the, you, that these people have yeah the, they will say so now with the, we've got to have this we've got to have this technology and you know if if there's anything we learned off the last four years man there's some things that are just probably left uh, uh, alone right <laughs> well right right now it's um it's very, very quickly becoming a strategic thing, as in like a geopolitical thing, as in like a military strategy thing. Um, they, I mean, what, no matter what happens, the White House and the DOD are not going to allow the U.S. to fall behind on AI, even if they have to, like, per, even if they have to somehow prevent copyright infringement complaints from interfering with AI development. Yeah, because at this point, AI is vital to everything that that the DoD wants to do. Yep, it's it's. Have you seen DARPA's proposals for like if the, like their budgetary proposal for twenty twenty four? I I saw it the other week, and uh, I was like, oh, I've got to do a stream about that. And then just boom, stuff just keeps happening in this ever accelerating. <laughs> there was there was two things. There was that one, and. And I saw it because you posted about that one. That's where I saw that. And there was another one, which was um, the Rand had put out a report just about um, the the warfare horizons and just you know what what synthetic biology is going to be um, 
bringing to the game and um well they actually mention i want to say they mentioned prions in that if i remember right but um they yeah of course they of course they know the implications of losing technical preeminence in this domain and i think they would do anything to maintain it like they've done with that biowarfare space they're they're gonna move they'll they'll do whatever it takes in it's not just computation space because it just impacts everything i don't think people realize the extent to which things have just become hyper integrated now yeah it's um let me see if i can find uh someone did like a on, on x did like a summary of um of darpa's budget uh for 2024 let me see um just yeah. someone's asking it in the chat charles uh his mum called by the way so you know <laughs> um if he's uh and yeah if he's frying roman salutes in the mirror who, who can blame the man he's he's deserved uh he's deserved uh so free time <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, Eleven on on Twitter um, did a, a summary of some of the um, some of the things that some of the most alarming things that they were uh, promoting in the well, things that they were they budgeted for in in twenty twenty four for for DARPA. Mm. Um, let's see here. Uh, <sighs> Multiple inferences of impending supply chain collapse and bioengineered microbial nutrient solutions. Multiple projects related to operating in extreme cold, electromagnetically unpredictable, austere, and GPS-compromised environments. Huh, sounds like nuclear winter. Mm. Sustained focus on dis-slash-misinfo and internet-scale automated agents to detect-slash-counter-influence it. Increased focus on introspective, symbolic, contextual, and inference-based machine learning. Increased focus on cyber-physical systems and operators receiving instruction from AI. Perceptually enabled task guidance, PTG. Uh, integration of human perception and reasoning capabilities with AI-slash-augmented reality, creating a feedback loop between human and machine through knowledge transfer, perceptual grounding, and perceptual attention. Uh, this one, this one is really interesting because this actually um, takes takes me back to um, this was like actually like a decade ago where they were doing um, human machine uh, symbiosis to to like detect um, uh, like a threatening face in a crowd or something along those lines. It was uh, where they were actually looking for it for a subconscious. Uh, they they had like they they had someone a soldier wear a uh, electroencephalogram uh headset and uh they had it looking for one specific cue uh from the human brain um that uh i mean from from uh like threat threat detection mm. and uh, let me see if i can find that uh yeah this, this is actually this is this like like a bio warfare is old news now <laughs> they've used that and uh now now comes the next bits Oh my God! For Forbes page on it um, produces a. Uh, oh, here we go! Here we go! There we go! This was actually back in 2012. DARPA um, Cognitive Technology Threat Warning System CT2WS, um, and the way it works is you'd have um, 
an EEG headset on on someone's head, and they would they would look for um, a, a a cognitive signal essentially that someone had subconsciously recognized a threat in their visual field, mm-hmm. and then it would it would ping them to try and and make them conscious of of the threat. Mm. And it would have a video. It would be paired up with a video camera too, mm-hmm. for like surveillance. So this is this is one early example of human brain and uh, machine cooperation. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to. Um, what DARPA have been interested in is essentially creating supercharged soldiers and supercharged in- intelligence uh, officers. Um, they want to be able to to have. Uh, with with two-way brain computer interfaces they want to be able to have uh human and machine collaboration where someone can comb over something and it just and it the 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 ai will will force them to notice things that they would have otherwise missed mm-hmm. um even when they're just combing over reports and whatnot yeah um and again again that that comes down to there's a, there's only so long but well, i think i think a human in there somewhere is important but just just maybe from the i don't want to say even ethical right now because the that you can let's you can, see but there was so i, I saw this um, clip the other day where they were they were checking they were asking the response real time like three different um large language models um what they would do if they if they managed to um get supersedence over human beings and you know two two basically answered honestly and then the third one lied right and it was the it was the one that lied that basically made them concerned yes <laughs> at this point right um <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see if i can keep reading through that um assist uh, development and implementation of socially intelligent computational agents able to partner with complex teams and demonstrate situational knowledge inference and predictive capacity relative to their human counterparts so essentially you have a team of propagandists and then you have an ai assistant that tells them exactly what points they should be what bullet points they should be hitting and so on guard g-a-r-d ai technology designed to identify engineered multimedia data in large-scale data sets intended to deliberately skew results so this is if you have um a bunch of um of video and and uh and images and such they want to be able to to uh to find out which which imagery in in that data set is artificially generated uh, perhaps with malicious intent and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, human human social systems, full spectrum toolkit for interpreting, characterizing, forecasting, and constructing mechanisms for responding to, influencing social and, and behavioral systems relevant to national security with a specific focus on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds pretty dystopian. Um, Ecole, development of continually learning AI agents to enable collaborative human-machine analysis of multimedia with a specific focus on training AI to perform intuitive human analysis of symbolic and contextual representations. Uh, Mod Metacog, development of machine introspection technologies that enable AI systems to analyze and explain their own behavior and identify performance issues using nested metacognition architecture. So basically what that is, they want AI to report 
their own internal states and try and identify ways that they could improve that AI. Mm. Um, and uh, that right there, that that in itself is is something that's that um, uh, you know that science fiction authors have been warning us about for decades. You know, the self improving AI essentially. Yeah. Um, AI that's smart enough to identify its own mathematical flaws and its underlying algorithm and try and improve upon See, them. See, and th this is this is why I've you know reluctantly just had to walk into that space of, yeah, man, they don't need people anymore, right? Yeah. So this is this is um, just think like all those well, things that you listed. It's not right that there. they it's not that they don't need people. It's that people are becoming a liability to them. So consider like. What the consider what these neo Malthusian types actually believe about resource depletion. They believe that you know we're we we're going to have soil depletion, um, uh, aquifer depletion. Uh, we're not going to have any access to fresh water. Um, ocean acidification is going to kill off all the fish stocks and all the crabs, um, and and over trawling and destruction of coral reefs and whatnot. Uh, they believe that um, we're going to run out of, of phosphorus for, for fertilizer. Ah, that we're going to run out of gas for, um, <laughs> You've had enough? Uh, for synthetic fertilizer production. Um, what they believe, I mean, essentially, is that when that happens, when we hit you know peak oil, peak minerals, peak fertilizer, peak um, environmental resources, um, uh, essentially, uh, what, what they believe is that we're going to be left with this huge um disaffected and and uh disillusioned mass of people who are who who have such a decline a rapid decline in living standards that they have no choice but to but to start up civil wars in one place after another mm, yeah in order in order to live yeah. and at that point having a large population becomes a, a military and strategic liability. So like deep in the halls of, you know, like in, of Ivy league academia of, of, of technical little technocratic NGOs and in, in military brass and in, in, and in intelligence, you know, you have people who are candidly discussing all of these things and they're like, well, we just need to reduce the population by any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is what I'm, I've reached the dark conclusion that they, they just tried their very best to initiate that process. Right. If, if that catalyzing epitope is as efficient as it seems to be in the, well, it's it's just in a beaker still, but um, but if it's there, and you know, let's let's presume, um, Luc Montagnier and Jean Claude Perez are right that they've they 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 did see a two hundred and sixty percent increase in, um, hey, what are you watching? What was that? Oops. Don't watch videos like that. Sorry about that. Um, the um, I don't know what it was. It was it looked like gut cam footage from like Iraq or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was expecting uh, some Aji to get uh, blown to pieces on the on the screen. Um, but anyway, um, the when when they've if that all or I would say this all lines of evidence point to the fact that they aimed for this mass inoculation via these prion prion catalyzing epitopes they made sure it was delivered systemically and now comes the waiting game to see if it did its job and yeah the the data that keeps coming in is disturbing to say the least which is well you're seeing this the, the old of the old have essentially been wiped out anyway right that's where all the excess death was like that was alzheimer's and boom it burned through it and now it's just it's picking back up after it's um this this big boy uh okay can't you get back in well i don't know the path uh i don't know your password for minecraft big boy no no monkey magic um oh i don't know hey, can you send me uh can you just inter entertain that because i need a, a bathroom break for a real quick second as well um i'll just let's see what else we got on darpa's list there yeah just uh keep reading through the that dark list Fund fundamental limits a blanket budget of 30 36 million to, to push the limits of physics, chemistry, mathematics, biology, and engineering in areas such as quantum interfaces, quantum simulators, uh, photonics, particle acceleration, and spintronics. This is this is another area that they're that they're interested in with artificial intelligence is not just um, like propaganda, not just intel analysis, but also material discovery uh, using um, uh, machine learning simulations to find uh, uh, new crystal structures. Uh, new meta materials, things like that, um, as well as perhaps biomimetic means of producing them, um, and that's that's going to be a, a major thing. Um, and it's it's not it's going to, to actually drive the uh, the development of uh, of the hardware that's that's used to run the AI. Um, and uh, once that hardware gets sophisticated enough, it'll be used to to, to generate the the next generation of advanced materials and so on and so forth. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to raise the ceiling of what is, I, I mean, what they think is, is possible with traditional material sciences, uh, well beyond what human beings are capable of engineering. Um, let me see here, molecular systems and materials assembly, development of new materials and manufacturing processes through the control of arrangement interactions and assembly of atoms and molecules focused on addressing supply chain slash sustainment challenges with human macronutrients in microbial food um bioassembly of foodstuffs you know uh, engineering functional materials with biology this is what i what i was talking about earlier with biomanufacturing of, com of computer chips further supply chain driven biomanufacturing project focused on the assembly of hierarchical biological systems and production of critical molecules and materials in austere environments so again the kind of decentralization of chip production based on biomanufacturing and in this context they they suggested that there might be a, a societal collapse or or um 
you know, kind of a post-nuclear warfare type situation where they, they're going to they have very limited resources um, and they, they want to be able to um, to start right back up, essentially. Um, combating antimicrobial resistant pathogens, development and in vivo testing of chimeric molecule-based medical treatment of pathogens and other biothreats. Uh, neural signal inter interfaces and applications, NSIA, uh, non-invasive neurotechnology to facilitate brain and nervous system interface. That's, uh, that's a follow on, uh, to, uh, oh, uh, Simon Phoenix just posted researchers claim first function in graphene based chip. Uh, man, that's brand new. Nice. Um, wow. Um, the thing about that is that. Okay, so, um, yeah, exactly. Um, I uh, announce uh, IEEE announces graphene chips. Um, let me see. Uh, well, they actually have been investigating graphene for quite a while now. Um, I, I should link, uh, like, Joseph Jornet's papers on... Um, IEEE again because um, he's been invested. I mean, look at the list like from 2012 characterization of graphene based nano antennas in terahertz band. Um, so, yeah, Sorry, it's uh, no, no, it's fine. Um, the, the thing is, is that I, yeah, some of this stuff. Um, so a lot of the this, this stuff about like graphene being in the vaccines is obviously a red herring. Mm -mm. It's obviously a red herring. But at the same time, we also have these papers in like IEEE about, you know, graphene nano antennas and whatnot. And it's clear that they, that a lot of this stuff is under, under development. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't disagree on that point. That's the thing, right? That this, this whole, uh, panoply of um, tech that's emerging um, for sure that for sure they're pouring immense amount of resources into it um, um, they, they just they... I uh, I got into an argument with someone uh, the other day about uh, whether or not it was even possible to produce something like a, a graphene like nano antenna that was like virus sized and they they were they were claiming you know the, the, this guy had um, like a background in, in traditional um, you know like in antenna technology and wireless technology and such, but the thing about it is that a lot of these these really really small antennas make use of um, quantum effects. They make use of uh, the surface surface resonance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The surface plasmon polaritons mm. and whatnot. And and with that they're able to actually make subwavelength um antennas that are a little bit smaller than the wavelengths of of, of electromagnetic radiation that they capture. Mm. Mm. It's uh it's really, really wild. It's like it it goes beyond what people think is even possible with conventional antennas. Yeah. And um there are, in fact, a lot of papers that suggest that they want they do want to merge this stuff with biology, on a, on a molecular level, um, and uh, yeah, it won't to... be for us. I do. <laughs> no, <laughs> not unless they plan on using it to track people. Uh, well, I, I again, if so, the 
uh, Peter Charles has gone because he could have pulled up those those slides. But he did um, he did this brilliant overlay the other week because I've 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 just had to be pulled into the direction of okay I have to just spend more time because I need to learn it myself. What just what's on the horizon with respect to therapeutics etc. And so there was this. Well, I think I think I have. Let me see. No, I'm not, because I shut a whole bunch of shit down uh, trying to find an open tab the other day. But um, this this document, which had been tracking uh, was it chronic wasting disease in deer, and you can see that they go from a handful of cases, uh, sort of it was it was pre two thousands if memory. Serves. And you can see this like this exponential rise in uh, the places that have been impacted by it, and then to and and then Charles laid on the areas of you know what could be considered um, areas that would have been engaged in that type of research, and yeah, they plotted directly on. To like the concentrations of this um, chronic wasting disease <laughs> with the, um, their distribution around the United States. And I'm, well, I, I suppose I'm just dragging the conversation back to, back to prions again. And this, it, it, if they've gone and done what I, I think they may have done, which is, okay, they seed everyone and then... What happens is is that this stuff builds up in the environment, and even though you think you've you were you were the smart, you saw through their their plans, and you didn't you didn't get exposed to the shot, etc. You're still getting exposed to these prions in the environment, and the yeah. the data is just coming out now, where you know it it can get taken up by root systems and. Um, groundwater contamination and whatnot yeah yeah and very very hard to destroy even in the environment they may accumulate in the environment too and they could they could have just and you know but people were asking to me well you know if the if the power the apex predators have done this you know what's their countermeasure etc well you know you can prions are not indestructible right so if you know where the concentrations would be and you can sequester yourself away then you can um you, you can sort of mitigate for it as well and you know the the other of course is that it's becoming more and more obvious that viral epitopes can be the uh, the trigger for these things and so you've got this feedback loop now occurring which is so people are going to get an exposure and perhaps there there would be some degree of buffering within the system um perhaps like what we saw with um bse um you know there's a, there, were, there were only so many cows getting churned up into the food chain at a time and not everyone potentially was getting exposed, et cetera, it would depend on which cows where and, and when and what food it went into. 
and now they're yeah i just i i'm i'm reaching this point where okay i'm going to try and do my best to try and aggregate stuff for people to have fingertip type solutions available to them but it may it may just be that it's they've they've succeeded already and and right now this this ultra tech push is just them sort of trying to scoop the the cream with respect to um tech that they would want that post um that posts what you call this stage the 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 malthusian stage <laughs> the, the the younger Malthusian uh, event, and we could be we could all be screwed, man. So so hard. Um, yeah. And you know the, the the way out of that then is well, okay. You have to hope that well, if we if we've been through one bottleneck already around prion, that the polymorphisms would still exist that you could get through that bottleneck again or some would get through that bottleneck and so you know if you if you had essentially infinite and multi-scale control that you could um genetically engineer in into your progeny the uh, the polymorphism that you knew would get through that that may be where these people are thinking if you're if you're a real believer in the Malthusian worldview right that you, you they may just think well we've all got self-immolate and there's this clip that I played the other week um, you probably know you mean you mean like the voluntary human extinction movement and all that yeah 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 and so well, a, lot, a lot of people out there um I mean uh a fair number not not everyone obviously are, are attracted to, to um malthusianism and voluntary human extinction and whatnot out of a sense of of total hopelessness mm. it's like they look at the, the levels of of crime of, of unrest of societal instability and and whatnot and and uh resource scarcity and and they're like well we should just kill ourselves and let the let nature take like rewild everything kind of mm -hmm. a thing mm -hmm. and then you have to wonder how many people with that sort of mindset are being recruited by the by the the uh the high level wealthy malthusians to carry out their tasks mm. yeah and there's there's this clip that i played and i can't remember the guy's name i should i should have it on quick fire um but it was a guy just basically you know, arguing the Neo-Malthusian line, which is, well, we've got to bring population down. He's basically saying, you either have 8 billion people and a super austere totalitarianism, or you bring down population to a billion, and um, we can perhaps maintain a, uh, a degree of existence that we somewhat yes. recognize today. Seen, I've seen that clip. You know the clip. You don't know that guy's name by any chance. It's, it's um, oh, what's his face? Uh, um, let me see if I can pull, if I can pull it up. Um, but it, it, as he's sort of making this point, is that he's, um, he says, well, okay, well. We we've essentially sort of giving it Isn't away. Isn't it uh, Dennis Meadows? rings a bell let's see if we can 
fight him. Uh, even Nurse Campbell's talking about prions now. <laughs> Dennis Meadows limits to growth. Yeah, this person in the this, chat. This one here, it's this two minute clip here. But in one way or another. Oh, you don't hear that, right? Hang on. Uh, you have to screen share. Yeah, it's it's not that you have to do application in Discord, right? Yeah. Uh, this collide. All right. So, do you hear this? We are so far, globally, we are so far above um, the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported no. by this plan no. that I know in one way or another it's going to come. Nope. Fucking Discord. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I hit, I hit watch stream. Let's see if it. Okay. Play right. But in one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported by this plan, that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope. Did, did you hear that? I know it's playing fast, but I don't hear. Sparkus? Yes, I can hear it. Oh, you can hear it. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way. I, uh, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way. I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through, through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I What think. he's saying there effectively um, is that he he wants to see population reduction but he doesn't want to see all the precious infrastructure that we built for these people destroyed in in civil wars, in violent conflict. Basically, they they want to have their their little ant farm and they want to pour molten aluminum into this ant farm and and, and kill all the ants and make a pretty sculpture. Yeah, that's a it's a good analogy, bro. <laughs> those things are wild, man. Have you? It, they blow my mind. Those things, those sculptures that they make <laughs> for ants. But <laughs> the fact that we go around doing that, right? And that's literally how they look at us, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, yeah, we just drop uh, molten metal on them. They won't know a thing. It's it's just anthill art. I mean, what, right. what, are you, what are you getting so upset about? Nobody cares about a few ants. <laughs> Ridiculous. That we can I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty. And more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. That's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, but if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have a, but, it, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven. So we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, 
and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and you don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are... Yeah, I, I just think we've got the, uh, the worst of all cases there, which is we've got a bunch of rich fucking apex predators that do want... <laughs> They do want to go hide in a bunker in New Zealand while prions kill everybody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to come out of the bunker and say, we're, we're your gods now. Right. To the, to the few remaining scattered survivors. Yeah. God. They're such assholes, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I posted on, on uh, X recently. Um, this is the part that still doesn't make sense to me. I said, Andrew Huff said that Peter Daszak is working for the CIA. This claim appears well supported by the evidence. For example, the obvious funding links between EcoHealth, InQtel, and USAID. Um, you know, a Andrew, Andrew Huff has said some, some things in the past that are a little, you know, quest questionable, like like a firefight in this property with the feds. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but... Um, but I don't doubt that Peter Daszak was working for the CIA. At least that claim, I believe, is accurate. Um, DITRA and USAID have their fingers in labs all over the world via the, the CBEP slash BTRP, the uh, Biological Threat Reduction Program, the, or Cooperative Biological Engagement Program, EPT Predict, and the like. The claim by DITRA Associated folks is that this is basically a jobs program. Have these labs work on our projects so they aren't building viruses for dictators. The general idea then is that the CIA was essentially paying EcoHealth to spy on the Wuhan Institute of Virology and gather evidence and gather intelligence on Chinese gain of function slash dual use research of concern research techniques. Now, here's the part that still doesn't make sense to me. If the CIA wanted access to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, why would they buy this access by giving away the crown jewels of the U.S. biodefense mafia's coronavirus research? Ralph Barrick's uh, supposedly special and secret squirrel reverse genetics techniques to the PLA to use as they please. Uh, that seems to me to be like the opposite of intelligence. It's like you're giving away intel there. Uh, the proposition behind Diffuse is to reduce the threat of bat sarbicoviruses to U.S. troops by inoculating bats in caves. Why would the Chinese agree to collaborate with a foreign NGO working on a means to protect U.S. soldiers invading China from coronaviruses? These two things in combination only make sense in one single context, and that's the CIA treasonously collaborating with the Chinese to develop a viral bioweapon to attack the rest of us, as absurd as that sounds. Um, I, I, further, uh, in, in further posts, I went on to claim, the CIA didn't stupidly give away barracks techniques, which would be the opposite of intelligence gathering. Instead, they exported those techniques to China on purpose so they could construct the virus they needed to cause chaos. China, for their part, knew that the, the, the Diffuse Project's very premise was a false cover story to rope DARPA in for funding. Given the facts, this is the only scenario that actually makes sense. Let's consider the null hypothesis. The CIA let Ralph Barrick and Xi Zheng Li collaborate in a way that would transfer proprietary U.S. know-how and intellectual property to, to China, but not for any nefarious reasons. In this scenario, the CIA are startlingly incompetent, giving away intelligence to China for free while gaining nothing in return. Or China willingly let the U.S. develop countermeasures to protect U.S. troops in China from bat viruses. In other words, Chinese military slash intelligence let U.S. intelligence run their labs for them without oversight or interference. 
Neither of these make any sense at all unless both U.S. and Chinese intelligence are staffed by lobotomy patients. Well, <laughs> there's a, a lobotomy is uh, it's not the right word that we're looking for here. I would I would just go with uh, psychopaths, basically. Yes. Um, and no, I, I, the thing is, though, that it, it's the it's the it's the working military individuals, though, that have brought. I mean, in the null in the null hypothesis, hypothesis, it would be uh, lobotomy patients. In the the other hypothesis, that they actually actively collaborated together, it would be psychopaths. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. I guess. And um, but it it it's been done now, and. Anything, anything else that should be, everything should be geared towards answering that question. And but again, I'm stuck. I'm stuck around the ethics of well, how do you go about testing enough people to see if you've, if it's really true? And and so I was I was thinking about this. Well, okay, you've got that um, the cyclic amplification for the the prion in this instance Ooh. and okay so you've got that then okay, who 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 starts um who starts volunteering to give uh samples over for that and it's not like uh, you could probably do it because it's got such sensitivity that you could probably do it with um minimal um tissue and and then but then and I'm, everything around this is I, I'm I just keep running up against brick walls of well okay you find out then what and the, the only thing that sort of is keeping me going right now is like okay well we need to know I want to know and I would I would want to know if if they have done that not only to me but to everyone basically everything everything yes. that I I know and knew of. Right has now been uh, exposed in that manner, and in I don't know. I, I I'm I don't have the legal brain. I don't have the um. I'm not smart enough to think about the um what you do, what you really do beyond that information. Besides, okay, we know you did it now. Then what? And if if it's been done on such a scale, I don't. I'm I'm not sure. There's a uh, short short of some miraculous type of intervention, which I I'm not sure there is. I think there's slowing strategies for sure. But if if yeah. they've done such a wide dissemination, that even even your slowing strategies. Like uh, our slowing strategies have been developed, you know, even if you said, okay, whatever magic molecule that you find or combination of molecules that you find are usually, usually in, um, they're tested under very sort of controlled conditions. And so, and you can't account for the, the bioaccumulative properties and the, what's essentially the, um, yeah, you, the exposure that you would just be running into should you just be having to mingle with 
the the unwashed uh, <laughs> lumpen proletariat. What are you gonna? How do you, how do you solve that problem? And I, I'm not sure you can right now. And and so the, what? It's more a case of like it's it's a case. You have to say okay, we need we, you need to get information out in such a way that those that are in a position where they're able to maintain some degree of control over their food supplies, meaning where it's coming, providence, meaning that they know what's in the, literally what's in the soil, right, down to mm. the, the peptide level. And they're not going to be disturbed by throngs of uh, the unwashed masses in this instance. And you have to get those people to know and understand what happened. It's going to be very difficult for them to recognize what happened because no matter how well you phrase it, first of all, it's too much information for most people to absorb. It, it requires making too many connections between too many different groups, um, too many disparate groups, and being able to troll through research papers for um at the very least a a foundational knowledge of what has what has just transpired mm. um so but that's not the the real issue though the real issue is getting over that the mental block that a lot of people have the barrier that they have um where they they still they're still stuck in full on npc snowflake mode they they still they still think their government is there to to help them and protect them. Right, your government That's, loves you, bro. What's the matter with you? Yes, um, it's the government as security blanket phenomenon where people use government as a um, as a bit of an an anchor for their ego, for their for their emotions. Um, they they use it for emotional fulfillment. Without it, they feel lost and and uh, desolate. You know, and so they they need that. In other words, just to be able to to function, they need they they need to believe in this house of cards that they've built around themselves for um, to have a, um, a a working a functional worldview and a and a, a functional um, ego integration. Essentially, With, without that, they're just they're completely scattered. You know, it's it you. <laughs> It's um, the thing about it is that there are very few people on the surface of this planet who can actually who actually can stand up and be anti-government and say, you know, I I don't trust these people at all one bit. Mm. Th those sorts of people, you know, our sorts of people, um, have to... entirely entirely different mechanisms of ego formation and uh, and integration of data compared to the vast majority of people. But if, if I was, let's say I had that sort of, I don't know, I don't know what sort of fuck you money means. Uh, to me, like, I've got 10 million. <laughs> That's fuck you money. Right? But, I don't know, I've got 10 million bucks in the bank. Right? Um, then I wouldn't, um, I would be making those moves as silently and quietly as I possibly could to move my family into uh, an area where I I I could I I could go down that mitigation route, and then 
and then you're trying to build build a bunker. You, you, I, I'm not even sure you want the bunker per se, right? Because you don't want to be well. You you would have bunker as part too, of too it, con, but, too conspicuous. Yeah. Um. But you you want to be. I don't know. You want like mountains to the back of you and um behind those mountains thousands of miles of desert so no one can sneak up behind you and then yes um i, I don't know like a um almost almost sort of canyon like leading out to a, a sea so you can see what's coming in from any direction and then try and get into that type of position and, and you want it on such a scale that you can have enough of an extended family and maintain a um a, a, a genetic i suppose depth that you don't you don't end up um inbreeding in um diseases that are going to be difficult to treat in that way and but yes then in that situation you're you, all these concerns about like long lives and what have you and that, that doesn't matter so much anyway because okay you go back a couple of hundred years not even a couple of hundred years you can go back fucking um a hundred years right and you know the average life you know if you got past your 40s you were old right <laughs> that was you were considered you were considered ancient and had survived the um the rigors that life could could throw at you and so you have to you, so then you get back into that type of it's essentially sort of tribal living but then you're like well how how do you keep the uh, the skill sets available the depth of skill sets that are available such that you want some degree of functional technology right you want to be able to maintain plumbing and um yeah, man. Even <laughs> even fucking plumbing, dude. I took I, I changed out the um the faucet in the kitchen, right? It's just I wanted to put like a water filter on it, right? And it was so it's so old that the previous one that I'd I'd basically it was sort of cracked. It had like this plastic seal on it. It cracked when we bought the house, and um. And so I just layered epoxy on it. And so, because this epoxy was on there, this part that was supposed to be removed, um, I couldn't I couldn't do that anymore. It sealed it up, great. <laughs> but I couldn't fit this sort of tap-mounted water filter, and it was the cheaper option instead of those Brita sort of jug filter type things. Um, and I'm just, I'm like looking at the at the plumbing, Right, and everything, it's not even, um, you know, sort of like screw, screw in and gasket type connectors. And this, this stuff was, um, God, the house is fucking ancient by Japanese standards, but it was sort of, yeah, sort of clip in with like a ball bearing type press fit in, and like then the ball bearing will sort of press back out and it's that sort of locks it in and then then you've got like a, a spring clip that will um so there's no screwing involved no sort of classic plumbing in this type of thing and i'm like holy shit man if, if if that type of stuff just fucking um is no longer available 
then th that would mean me having to get down into like the feed pipes under the house, right? To get into those, to, to get something onto them that I could um, tap and thread in order to make something approximating a seal to, <laughs> to get some water in to like d just do the basic like wash your dishes up or something. And I'm like, okay. And I was just thinking about that. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got tap and I've got drills, but I mean, I don't have anything that's sort of um, one and a quarter inch size meant for you know, doing pipes and stuff. You know, it's all regular, regular like machining stuff. Even even if I had the the biggest uh, threader I had, probably. I don't know, like half inch, probably something like that. And I'm like, yeah, that would that would just be like it would be a major project for me just to just to be able to even even if like the water pressure had been maintained, something that's we right. can't guarantee that, right? Because you don't you don't know if the water pressure is going to be maintained. And like just to, just to be able to get water in that way, I'm like, we're so screwed, so so screwed. Yes, this, I saw this video of a guy on YouTube recently who is. Um doing his own uh like rainwater collection um and uh, he had his own his own pump and, and reverse osmosis filters and everything and and my thought was like does he have a generator how's he gonna run that pump <laughs> right, right. yeah how are you gonna make those membranes um everything man um, yeah how are you gonna make the membranes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh we're, we're we're divorced from the well in in, in first world countries say you can, you can it, you don't have to go far to find people that have more sort of agrarian existences and you know, I can I can remember my grandparents you know they would hoard things like glass bowls right <laughs> just because to them glass was glass <laughs> in a functional form was so so precious right they could. Um, you know, if they would, well, they, my grandfather would do like, um, what do you call it? Fermentation, like make beer or wine or, and they would just um, cork shit up and um, like, like stuff like that. And I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I've got vague memories of being involved in that. And, you know, <laughs> This is this is how fucking feeble I've become, right, dude? Like this, my my driveway. I suppose you call it a driveway, parking spot for my house. It's not drive, but the, so it's basically just like I can fit one car in. It's my car, and it's it's got a sort of um, cover over it, um, not sealed or anything, but just keeps the worst off. And I've been. Um, when we bought the house, it had uh, it had like this little little plastic ramps, to, you know, just so you could get up the curb, right, rather than sort of um, hitting your suspension too hard. You know, it's little short ramps, and <laughs> I'd been I'd been such a, no, I, I'd been a I'd been a cunt about it because um, it was noisy and it, I knew it irritated the next door every time that I drove over it and it would make a noise. So I kept... I, um... Oh, keep, uh, keep going. Yeah, so I'm just like, well, 
I, I at one time I tried to I was like oh I'll, I'll fix that um, bit of uh, ramping anyway and so what I did is I, I got told off for doing it but basically oh. I, I I I wasn't allowed to do this apparently but I put in um, concrete studs and then oh. sort of I drilled out the um, the plastic and basically it sort of mounted the screws on but because the it was old and sort of broken and worn where this thing was and basically the curb has dropped so it's not level with the uh, the ramp so the car sort of goes goes up onto it and then down it and so it just broke through that and it just sort of wore out where i bolted it into the road basically and so oh. and so anyway i'm like i i'm i'm sort of leaving the house at funny times at the moment and this time it was annoying me so i was like oh fine i'll go and get the the parts to replace this thing i'll put i put a new one down and uh i took the well i said i took i took uh, the parts of it that i had bolted in well we're in we're in fucking solid right but the parts that, that like the it sort of fits together a bit like a jigsaw piece these japanese versions of these little ramps and um anyway i lift i lift the whole thing up and i'm sort of oh i look at it and it was just like underneath was just like years of mud that had sort of filled up underneath the plastic <laughs> and oh wow i'm like because the thing is the gap was so short i didn't have a shovel that could just get in there and just clear out that caked in greasy mud that had been collecting under this thing and i had these new thing and it was a fucking two minute job to get angle grinder out and just take those studs away <laughs> i was just like i was so burnt out just from uh just trying to get the get the the parts you know just the motivation to get to the hardware store because it's you know doing stuff for me in japanese stores and what have you it's uh i try to avoid it if i can dude i'm not uh i'm not uh going out being uh doing my consuming duty in Japan, but I'm like, I, I'm going past the place. So I'm like, okay, I'll go in there and I'll look for it and get it. And I just, uh, I, I just threw the things down. And I was like, cause they had sort of slots under it. I was praying that um, they would line up just enough. And no, it just looks wonky and gash. And <laughs> cause the studs, <laughs> the studs are sticking out. And I, I was, I should do it today really, but it's raining. So <laughs> I can't, I'd rather speak to you now. So <laughs> just my, uh, but I couldn't my, do, my I couldn't do the, the, point, the point of that long story was is I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Like even things like just, um, concrete studs and angle grinders, right? The basic, basic tools that any dude should be able to, um, handle, right? And should you be able to <laughs> call yourself a man, right? And, yes. But then I was like, you know what? Um, if I didn't have an angle grinder, then what? I'm like, well, hacksaw. And I was like, hacksaw. Okay. You know, but then <laughs> I, I, I remember times when uh, I didn't have a sawzall, dude, and hacksaw blades are brittle and they dull and you don't just quick change out the blades anymore or, or you know, and what happens then? Right. I can I can't do metallurgy, right? I can't do all these things. 
that uh, um, I take for granted. Um, it's um, the thing is, you know, um, my dad's the kind of guy who would probably get along fairly well in a post-apocalypse. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's a bit of a tinker. Um, he knows how to use a lathe and mill and a welder and all sorts of things. And, uh, and right now he's actually working on a little, uh, flamethrower project. So. One. <laughs> I want a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also, uh, built like, a. A copy of a uh, a Govintosa uh, mono wheel. Um, this was uh, actually years ago. He put he put it together. It's it's um it's. Let me see if I can find the footage of the um, the mono wheel itself. Um, it's the like back in the nineteen thirties. The the um, the Govintosa uh, moto Rota. Um, he built a replica of this without, um, without, uh, having any blueprints, just working off the patent drawings and such. What is it? Mono wheel. A mono wheel. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like the uh, sort of odd looking, well, sort of bike, motorbike type things with a circular. Like use it like an old, uh, like a vintage lawnmower engine. And um, uh, put together the steering rack and everything the same way, where it uses like reverse rotation with with idlers mm. and a, and a uh, chain drive to uh, to tilt the whole wheel over. Most most mono wheels don't have the ability to tilt the wheel like that. They don't have steering. You you lean to steer. Uh, with this, um, you you can actually turn a wheel and it tilts the whole the whole wheel over. Um, you're talking about like these tran basically modes of transport, right? That were yeah, right, yeah. I, I know what you're on about, but but the thing is, is that like the thing that that really irritates me is just how I mean, just the sheer duplicity behind like r robo taxis and electric cars and all of that. They want to make people think that you know you could replace um gas powered car infrastructure with a bunch of teslas a bunch of giant like like expensive grand tourers uh with batteries that's that's never going to happen it's not efficient uh it's not efficient and it's not cost effective if they really wanted people to care about like efficiency and such then they would be promoting things like um oh uh electric assist um uh enclosed bicycles like velomobiles. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Hmm. Yeah, let me see if I can pull it up because you know the thing is, is that um, you know with a streamlined velomobile, you can hit like a um, um, mile per gallon electric equivalent that's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Hmm. It's uh, it's way way more efficient than a conventional electric car. Mm. But um the crash safety is of, of course quite questionable and and you do have a limited top speed because it has it has bicycle components. Mm -hmm. Um so like for the uh 
for the suspension and all that, you know, once you, you get up to like about 60 miles per hour or any, any faster than that, you know, like about, oh, uh, let's see if we can do a little coverage. If you, when you get up to like about, you know, 100 kilometers an hour or so, it's going to try and shake itself apart. Right. right. Um, because of the, uh, the suspension. Um, but, um, you know, it's way, way, way more efficient than what they're promoting with like electric cars, like the Volt and the, and the, uh, the Teslas and all that. It's just vastly more efficient because, you know, those, those great big grand tourers, um, they weigh thousands of pounds. They take a lot of energy in terms of kilowatt hours just to accelerate. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, um. It's even even with as, as streamlined and efficient as they supposedly are, they could be way, way more environmentally friendly. But they but they're not, and that's what they're that's what they're promoting as a replacement for gas powered cars. Is these, you know, like eighty thousand dollar things. They they cost as much as a Corvette. You know, they have these huge battery banks. Kind of a thing, and it's and it's like why why do that when you can just you can literally like lay down carbon fiber or fiberglass and build your own streamliner at home that's that is that has a little ten horse electric motor that can hit like highway speeds. Mm. Well, maybe we'll see that. Maybe we won't. Maybe maybe they'll have to. You know, there's you've still got to right. I was thinking about this, so. So one thing I've seen in the last couple of weeks, I can't remember who sent me the link now. Um, but anyway, it was projected. Oh, oh, it was Roger in the UK. Um, but he sent me the link for um, growth projections uh, for drug markets and um, prion spending on drugs for prions was, you know, it's an exponential rise over the next seven years. Right. And wow. Yeah. And it was, it was like, I don't know, 400 million to whatever, but um, massive, massive increase. And I sort of, I, I got to thinking, well, okay, that, that's one of those signals that you should be looking at. It's that type of signal that you should be looking for. Where is money going? which kind of tells you where or, or the direction which we could potentially be taking. And in this instance, it was clear that they were talking specifically about prion disease because they were not that they didn't mention, you know, what we now consider sort of prion-like disorders in the Alzheimer and um, Parkinson's domain. And this I wish I could find the slide now. I'd have to dig it out. God. I can probably find it real quick. Um, but the, I was thinking, well, you know, how do, how do you, you... You're still in a situation, right? That I, so Mr. Meadows here, when he, he's talking now of getting rid of... Let's, let's, let's just say 7 billion. They want to get rid of 7 billion and leave a, a billion behind in evenly distributed across the planet um you still well, if we think about how many people avoided like the super evaders who avoided getting sick with with covid19 and the the number of people who, who didn't take the vaccine um 
wouldn't that be like right at like it's like a maybe some hundreds of millions or at least half a billion people yeah yeah that's that that's the numbers right so it's 13 billion doses that have been administered right so at least they've got so just on a numbers basis you can say on, on average everyone's had a dose on the planet in terms of just raw numbers but we know it's not evenly distributed and some are taking more than others but yes the um you can probably conservatively estimate that they got four to five billion people yeah in in, in this ex exposure and so then you then you're left with well you've still got the well it's not just it's not just four to five billion people it's four to five billion people in in primarily affluent countries where where people have a higher there there's a higher gdp per capita and people each individual person has a higher uh oh i'm getting so sick of this term the higher carbon footprint mm. um and of course this is where naturally um the 4chan guys will be like well, they, they just want to kill off white people right mm. but the th the thing is is that you know it's it, it's not just like ethnically targeted it's targeted people who are who are wealthy who are who are affluent and who enjoy a high living standard mm. those are the those are the people they're targeting first yeah yeah so in in this instance so anyway i've got there's on the screen the uh, the growth in market share over the next seven years. Um, <laughs> Global prion disease market is expected to account for 6,846 million by 2030, up from how much? From 4,669 million right now. But anyway, that's, that's a um, quite, quite significant jump. And the... It's the logistics of how do you how do, how do you one deal with that amount of die off in one go, and then what do you do when you're um, you're still that there are still going to be systems in place where you've got to control the people that are essentially been struck down with brain rot. And yes. that that's going to manifest in all manner of unpredictable fashions, depending on where it takes root. It's going to cause complete chaos. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, when people realize what's happening, it's like. And the thing is, is they're not all going to die off at the same time. Mm. You're going to have. You're going to have um, millions of people. Uh, manifesting symptoms, then and then others wondering when and if they're going to get it, and even if and even if they don't, uh, there's still it's still the the uh, the fear and the hypochondria that this that this is going to produce the mass psychosis, mm -hmm. in other words, yeah. um, that will lead to un unrest, civil war, etc., which will kill kill additional people, and so on. Yeah, and so a lot of these drugs, dude. Uh... Um, not to cure, or, or it's it's the treat the the depression, the psychosis. This is where this is where they're putting all their money, and look, they don't. 
we've got good drugs. Well, I say good drugs, right? But you know, we've got... <laughs> they're going to they're going to want to manage it and give people a sense of false hope to to keep them from engaging in mass civil unrest and destroying the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. They they're going to do they're going to probably try and do something to keep it to to keep things under control. Because once people realize that this is happening, they're going to lose their minds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sometimes feel I'm losing mind dude, as I, I sort of sit here and look at this. I'm like, "Dang, is that they really did that?" And I just, I can't bring myself to think that that they wouldn't do it given yes. a chance. Um, it's um, the thing is, uh, you know the. Uh, like I said in the chat, the mass extermination of the wealthy Westerners will leave behind a malleable and impoverished global South. It's uh, they'll be able to um, essentially take all all the people who, for for the longest time, have been used to um, horrible living standards, subsistence farming, and so on and so forth, living on like a couple of dollars a day, and they'll be able to feed them peanuts, and it, it will seem like luxury compared to what they had before. That's what these World Economic Forum type people want. These Davos people they want, a, they want a a population that uh, that is essentially um, a, a, so accustomed to squalor and poor living standards that they don't that even the slightest bit of table scraps will seem like a luxury to them. Yeah. Till they're not useful anymore, and then <laughs> yeah, and then they'll be completely they, replaced by AI. But they've whacked all those populations as well. That's this is the thing. Like the South American populations have got whacked. The only places that didn't, essentially, sort of sub-Saharan Africa. Even um, parts of Africa got it. Right, the North Africa and the Middle East got it, and I know that much. Um, and the South Africa too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, it's been essentially, if if it is what it, I think it could be, that it's been a a full frontal assault right across every landmass and continent that there is a country that there that that could receive in any way these um these interventions. And you know the the ones that the ones that don't get taken out initially by that exposure, I I would make the presumption that you would see the um the what you see in chronic wasting disease that mass spread among you know it's I I, I it's not like deer um, are rolling around in massive herds on like the North North American continent right it's still it's um, it's been able to spread to an extraordinary degree. So that that's that to me is a kind of indicator of how um, persistent and uh, pervasive they could get through the system, and how how limp, how small the infective dose required is to have an impact. And so this this is this is where you get into this um well, the environmental um coverage again. So literally there's nothing 
you can't go into anywhere where there's um, people that you don't know where they've been, right? So um, any of our city infrastructure essentially becomes, um, well, uh, it's it's toxic, right? So in this instance, well, what what do they what do those people do then? In that situation, so there's a that, so you you're on a, a countdown with respect to the cognitive and just neurological health, and then then you're in that um, emergent phase where the disease comes. And suppose I suppose there's at that point you're going to have to have sort of crews going round giving those sort of depot like neuroleptics, right? So you. you sort of six month dose right under the skin that's pure that's pure chaos <laughs> yeah that the they don't even have they don't have enough to i mean enough technicians or enough of the drugs to go around and they won't mm. when, when this happens when and if it happens mm. god man i hope i'm wrong dude uh zombie apocalypse <laughs> yeah Man, that was supposed to be a joke when I <laughs> I started streaming. COVID zombies. Uh, FEMA and uh plastic lined caskets to keep to keep the prions from leaching into the groundwater. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Those things are still out there, right? Those FEMA caskets and uh camps. Yes. <laughs> Those assholes we've known for decades that were going to do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, three to five decades. Yeah. Yeah, plastic caskets. Yeah, I wonder, but then... I presume, I presume that, that plastic doesn't last forever, right? So Yeah. Hmm. Although at that point they might the prions inside might have decomposed. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, consumed like it would just become food source for bacteria or whatever was in there at, that could survive. I don't know. I I don't know. It's like the scale of it, dude. I just can't. Um, it's it really stretches me to think about what it what it manifest and looked like and that doesn't that doesn't even include like all the immediate stuff like the cancers and the um the families that didn't start the all these all these things are um like i said that the only thing in my mind where i could i could kind of compute it before was in the context of well sort of what we we're brought up with with um nuclear exchange but then, um, even then, I was, you know, I did this. We, were, the, the, we had that earthquake the other week, right? And yeah, um, you know, you could the, the building was you could feel it rocking the building here. And I, I was sort of just checking the the energy release of what 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 just an earthquake of that magnitude was, and it it, it was like billions of megatons right <laughs> just for so far in excess of anything 
that we had, even at like the height of the Cold War, that um, I think a lot of the, what they were saying about the Cold War and uh, yeah, I think they were, they were probably um, over embellishing it somewhat. Yeah, it'd be bad if you were in a city and the supply chain um, collapse would be bad. But yeah, I, I should imagine if you were not downwind of the radioactivity. Yeah. You'd probably, you know, you could, I could imagine almost. Wouldn't it be wild if these people actually started a nuclear war just to cover up what they did? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been expecting that, dude. I, I really have. And why uh, wouldn't they at this point? Yeah. It's like, it, what do they have to lose? It would be only the long, um, long-term radiation um, contamination that would be problematic. But then, you know, how, how, how bad is, how bad is that? And what's the, what's the coverage? They, they probably try and keep it limited to, a, to certain geographic areas. Right. So like the Northern hemisphere, right? Cause that's, that's where the bulk of the population lies. Yeah. It's, uh, the thing is, is that if enough nukes are used, then you have global effects, which they probably don't want. Mm. Um, but if they, if there's a limited nuclear exchange, then they can use that as an excuse to, to clamp down even further with the turnkey totalitarianism stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I say, I think we're in for some interesting times and the um I, i'm you know someone's gonna have to work real bloody hard to come that this is why i'm just i've said to myself i'm going i'm i'm scraping together the bits and pieces that i have right now and i'm i'm gonna take the the access or well, what vaccines i do have that are viable and then i'm gonna I'm going to see if I can, um, if you, you can get antibodies to pre uh, Obviously, obviously they're not going to go for complete mutual assured destruction type scenarios because that would completely, um, I mean, there would be no point in any of, of these other elaborate genocide methods if they were going to go that route. They want to keep the infrastructure intact. They want to avoid civil unrest and they want to avoid tr uh, like true mass destruction which is why they they are going this whole bioweapon route mm, mm, yeah um well it's it's, they, it's going this egalitarian route they they want yeah peaceful and egalitarian and probably you know most people that if you think about what we think of oh like top of the food chain what have you i don't think we even know what is top of the food chain in terms of the families and the, the the powers and what have you we see a public side of it and there's probably a whole bunch that we're nary even um aware of that could be yeah at play here and so um anything that's public facing oh yeah you you've all just had to draw lots and it probably wasn't even drawing lots it's like you just got mass exposed and then and then you just sit it out man and maybe it may just be that they're thinking, well, we can, we can just get, wait around in their bunkers. 
Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's more sort of hard to reach. I, I, places like island things in like the Pacific, that sort of thing. Enough that it sort of sustains life. And yeah, okay, you you bring in a few hundred years worth of um, supplies and what have you, which you know it's not beyond um, the realm of, of possibility, right? Um, yeah and then you retreat to that so you just have a large ocean between you and anyone else and then you sit there and um sip cocktails to <laughs> till the <laughs> so what's that black and white australian movie that that it's like post-nuclear war what's that one called um hmm uh, not sure. Yeah, someone, someone in the chat will know. There'll be Australians listening right now. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's basically they're just um, they're, they're freaking out, or, or it's basically they're trying to maintain life as normal, but they all know things are <laughs> screwed, etc. So, so in a sense, you want you, you kind of need a population that was that's going through that bottleneck, which is um, hasn't been ensconced in this type of living that we have right now right so uh, yeah i wonder i wonder you know when you think about missing people and kids maybe that's what they're doing it's not all just uh eating uh eating babies maybe they're just snatching people that are that would be a strategy so young enough that they don't realize, and then then they would be controlled enough in a in a isolated environment. But then, mm. how, how do you get past the Lord of the Flies type paradox? Yeah, that's the thing is, is that the uh, remember that article about that one guy who was like, um, where the elites are asking him like. Uh, you know, like how do I how do I control in in a real like shit hit the fans type scenario, and I'm in my bunker with my my bodyguards and whatnot. How how do I pay my bodyguards uh, if if money is useless? Um, like uh, what do I do? I like um, well, I need to put like a like a some kind of like bomb collar on them so that like, I have my own slave bodyguards. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like like Fallout. <laughs> yeah then then you're uh then you're really well it's not fall out i'm trying to so what, what route do you go i guess i suppose it's what's the far cry right the original game <laughs> you get oh, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. some sort of mutant chimpanzees for it. <laughs> 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 i guess i don't know i mean I, I i don't that's that's why i'm not on the on the psycho side like i'm I lack the imagination. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's, I was looking through this, um, this article, uh, recently, um, on the, on the topic of, uh, of vaccines and Moderna and all of that. Um, I'm, have you seen this? I'm pretty sure you've seen this article before in, in stat news, uh, 2017 by Damien Gard. Uh, lavishly funded Moderna hits safety problems in bold bid to revolutionize medicine. 
Pretty sure I've. So I've, they were. It's Moderna all the were developing. I know. Uh, Moderna were developing um, a uh, a therapy for uh, an mRNA therapy for Crigler-Najjar, which is a disease caused by a, a gene deficiency. And this is this is the the general idea behind Moderna's therapeutics before they got into vaccines was we're going to 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 treat rare genetic diseases by supplementing by replacing essentially the the production of that protein mm -hmm. um, that um, would otherwise be produced if that person had healthy copies of the gene, right? So, um, and uh, but they they kind of. Well, they shit canned it because it was it was too toxic to give in in repeated repeat doses, mm -hmm. and that underlying problem of toxicity of the mRNA platform was never actually solved. Mm. They just they switched to vaccines because they decided, hey, if we um, give them like intermittent doses, you know, if if the doses are spaced further apart, then the toxicity won't be as much of a problem. Mm. Um, and Stefan Bonsell, it goes into how. Stefan Bonsell cultivated a caustic work environment, a, a culture of recrimination, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to quote the article. Um, and uh, it's kind of interesting how he just moved in there and completely took over the, the company and um, reoriented them towards vaccines um, and working on all this DARPA crap mm. um, for like the Adept Protect program. And um, what's also weird is how, you know, how how they received like like venture capital and investment funding for years and years and years without having actually produced a, a, a product, um, for, like for a de for easily a decade, and then how the people want to like I mean the like uh, governments want to mandate that people that people use the, the first commercial product of a company that had no commercial products up until this point. It's like, what is that all about? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, well, like, that, that's when you know that these are, those are the defense funded industries, right? They're just, yes. <laughs> and the, the MRNA that goes in these vaccines is, is, is produced by biodefense uh, contractors like resilience. Mm -hmm. um, you see that article by, by um, on was it unlimited hangout i believe it was like uh let me see if i can pull it up uh here we go by whitney webb uh a couple of years ago now about a year and a half um rna from moderna's omicron booster manufactured by cia linked company uh, since late last year, messenger RNA from Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines, including its recently reformulated Omicron booster, has been exclusively manufactured by a little-known company with significant ties to U.S. intelligence. So, <laughs> they're not even, they, they don't even, ha like, I mean, the, their suppliers are literally, like, CIA-linked contractors. Mm, yep. Just just what you need to uh, <laughs> cause a mass die-off of billions of useless eaters for your yeah for your new age <laughs> um, this is it's just outrageous 
they could and they then, could have, and really then of course done um, it, that's the thing uh seppi and and gavi and all the rest of those um how they they formed these uh these coalitions for uh for vaccine production and dissemination years in advance these supranationals they're linked to davos um it's just it's it's when you look at the the structure here it's very clear that that, that they planned this well in advance yeah yeah and this is the yeah the, the, it's a sort of checkmate move made on their behalf now someone someone was asking me in the chat i think it was back saying how do we win i do have an answer for that which is you win by making um, life more life so that you're able to overcome the evolutionary um, pressure that's being applied in this instance and you hope that there's the uh, the polymorphism that emerges and even 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 if i'm wrong it still doesn't get around the fact that we were able to be maneuvered into that situation where that essentially it, it's indistinguishable from that type of scenario playing out and of course there's always this ambiguity that you can um that that, that you have in this instance that perhaps they would feel confident enough to do it but um it would it makes it's entirely logical, I suppose, that yeah. um, you could you could say to these, um, or they they would say to themselves, well, you know, we, we may as well try it. If it doesn't work, we can always deny it. We've got we have total control of the um, societies and cultures anyway. There's nothing they can do whatsoever. And so you just let them talk amongst themselves. And this is probably why you're seeing the move towards um, this war on mis and disinformation. So th this is this is why I'm so motivated to really know. I got to know if that's what what it is that they did. I think I think the answer is yes. Um, for sure, but, but for sure, it's highly likely that once once that threshold was reached, once once they had all that. Decades of planning, all that supranational back and forth, and they'd made the agreements. We're going to get. We'll we'll make sure that we get through, and we're in preeminence on the other side of this event. And it'll take twenty, thirty years, and but we do it. And then they waited for their 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 chance and. Here we are. Because yeah. <laughs> think think about it this way: if if the 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 threat to them actually is things like these, um, as you were talking about earlier, which is the sort of homebrew, um, think the llama and that type of thing, where um, there could be. I'm not, I'm not sure how much, you know. You know, where's where's the world's repository of the internet, and how much information? Do, how much do you need on uh, publicly distributed databases to be able to get the large language model to make the prediction of? Oh, that is, of course, they would do that if that moment 
an opportunity arises, in fact, they're left with no choice but to do it because they they would be essentially all of their um, with it scattered throughout our um, written record, technical, social, um, literary, is all the um, is all the seeds of their um, plans. <laughs> Go back to Malthusar to the the, the first. Uh, the first one. And so it, with that AI emergence and that happening, then their their position becomes essentially untenable anyway. So they have to they have to do the reduction. And so that's why you spend the time to convince people it's a uh, uh, consequence of envir environment and uh, pollution. And and then you pull the trigger, I guess. Yeah. It's um it's dark, dude. It is dark. It's very dark. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um yeah, I just um uh, the thing is is that it's like you say, um hoping that some people in the in the population have genetic polymorphisms that are resistant to prion formation, because those do exist. You know, a lot of yeah, people. They do. Out, they do. Yeah. A lot of people out there do have it, kind of intrinsic resistance, uh, genetic resistance to those conformational abnormalities. So that's that's um, already been shown in that tribe in um, Papua New Guinea. They they actually have a protective polymorphism. So it's it's like they they would know how to make. Well, I say, I don't know if genetic engineering is that precise at the moment but theoretically they could they could seed out a population that they knew would be resistant and especially when you're working sort of multi-generational and maybe maybe they'd got to that point and i i don't know I don't, how to sort of, we need a we need a phrase for sort of um encapsulating that um well um, axiom, I guess, that once knowledge accruance occurs within the masses at a rate that becomes untenable for the apex class, then yeah. it's, um, of, of course, they'll, um, they'd find a way to cull the it's not even useless eaters. It's it's actual threat, threat dynamics, right? Yeah. It's um. Have people actually been like reading like like you've all know Harari's like Homo Deus and all of that and and what's actually in it? What these these, what the elites are actually saying? What they actually believe? Are we reading it? Did you say? I mean, most are most people. Do you think a, a, a lot of even people in the at the COVID dissenter movement? Do you think they're actually reading like what the what the bad guys have wrote? Mm, probably not. I mean, look, how much do I, I? I know the concepts, right? I don't. I, I have to devote most of my time just to trying to keep relevant with the literature around COVID and prions. That's that I, takes. A, I have. 
I have a, a a page from Homo Deus that I'd like to read because I I found it rather rather alarming. Um, so what it how it reads is so far we have looked at two of the three practical th threats to liberalism. Firstly, that humans will lose their value completely. Secondly, that humans will still be valuable collectively, but will, will lose their individual authority and instead be managed by external algorithms. The system will still need you to compose symphonies, teach history, or write computer code, but it will know you better than you know yourself and will therefore make most of the important decisions for you, and you will be perfectly happy with that. It won't necessarily be a bad world. It will, however, be a post-liberal world. The third threat to liberalism is that some people will, be, will remain both indispensable and undecipherable, but they will constitute a small and privileged elite of upgraded humans. These superhumans will enjoy unheard of abilities and unprecedented creativity, which will allow them to go on making many of the most important decisions in the world. They will perform crucial services for the system, while the system can neither understand nor manage them. However, most humans will not be upgraded and will consequently become an inferior caste dominated by both computer algorithms and the new superhumans. Just these, the, just those two paragraphs right there, let you know exactly the way these people think. Yeah. They, they are, they are envisioning a cast, a two-tiered caste system, where you have these, the so-called Homo Deus, the augmented transhuman, you know, human AI symbiotes, and so on, with brain-computer interfaces and whatnot, piping you know, advanced um, AI, uh, AI synthesized intelligence into their heads to keep them relevant and useful in the face of, of AI advancement uh, versus a, uh, a lumpen proletariat of, you know, essentially um, completely dispossessed um and uh, agency agency free um, human pets, essentially, mm. who have have no vote, no influence, nothing. Just who are who are managed by algorithmic governance. So es essentially, what their claim is is that when what his claim is is if you have biosensors that are sophisticated enough to sense people's emotional states on a continuous basis, then you know how they're going to vote. You know what candidates are going to vote for. You know what their, what their most deeply held beliefs are going, are going to be. So there's no reason to give them like agency or free will or let them have a vote or anything of that sort when you can just um, have an AI babysit them by automatically governing them. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think they've gone and pulled the trigger, dude. That's why it's think uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think think about think about how um, YouTube and Netflix's algorithms work. Think mm. about how they de how they determine what your preferences are based on what your, your what videos you like to watch. Well, watch apparently, dude, um, without a um, if you don't have a login, apparently yes. everyone. Loves, uh, what's his name? Lex, uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name. The dull dude from, um, Friedman. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> literally, every, if, if I watch something on YouTube, if I have to watch something on YouTube, um, literally, if I, I, I try not to have, um, playthrough on, but every video defaults to Lex Friedman. 
<laughs> so there's there's uh, there's what the algorithm thinks. I think I think we need a campaign to um, eradicate Lex Friedman from the planet and the internet. <laughs> That's why. What they what they want with these AIs is they want people to live caught essentially in the Truman Show in a sort of a simulacrum of reality where um, their own custom bespoke reality is generated for them to to placate them. Mm. Um, it's kind of like the intro to uh, that old video game. Uh, was it? Um, let me see if I can find it. The the intro to Syndicate Wars. You know, um, where people have like brain computer interfaces that like that project like an augmented reality, um, like utopian, idyllic uh, neighborhood, and then when that when that's disabled, you know, it's this it's this horrible dystopian slum of a city. Mm. No, I don't, I don't know. But... Um, I would, I would have posted it in the chat there. I mean. It's an old, old game. Uh, Finn Fluser in the chat saying, maybe the incubation is so long we just don't catch it. Mm, I don't know, man. Like, if you're going to deploy that weapon, you're making sure that it, it does its job. Or you think it's going to do its job. Some people who are exposed to prions can, can have... I mean, the incubation period can be longer than their lifespan mm. easily. Um, it can be like 50 plus years. Um, but for some, some people it can be like 10 years. Like think about, um, Oh, this, it, this is that? the syndicate, right? This is the first iteration of syndicate. Is this, is this what we're looking at? I think so. Congratulations yeah. on your promotion. Yeah. Welcome to Utopia today. I am Detroit AI and this is Utopia. Oh, I think of, uh, have a profitable day, <laughs> like the you know those Leonardo Biz bits. I wish he'd do more. Those are awesome. Sorry, say that again. Le Leonardo of Biz. Oh yeah, you know the ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do I? Is it just Biz? Ryan, he's positing that humans on the internet are no longer human, but act as interacting grammar fields, talking along the same lines you do with respect to AI and using it to know humans better than they, than they know themselves. Um, that is a good point. Um, if you think about, um, you know, the, the way they're using... They're using behavioral psychology to try and affect a form of cybernetic control over over society and human behavior, and yet at the same time, think about how how much people communicate in in strictly in text online uh, without any of the um, the subtle cues that that you get from face to face conversation, uh, the, like the body language or anything like that. Um, it's. Uh, Essentially, it's a reduced form of humanity. Yeah, but they're going to reduce humanity, all right, dude. <laughs> <That was laughs> I think that, that yeah, I, I'm just, it, it's really just crystallizing me for me, particularly in the stream right now, just 
once once technology tech technological parity reaches the point where there's you, the, the masses are too easily able to find information and i think this is why they've tried to seed in about things like amnesties and stuff like that must have sort of amnesties for <laughs> But okay. once once you've reached that technical parity, or we're we're able to, um, well, look at stuff historically. You're able to the the large language models emerge, and they're able to query data sets that their their planning is essentially becomes transparent. It's there for everyone to see, and so that it's. Of course. What they're after, what they're after with these AIs ultimately is like algocracy, uh, government by algorithm. Mm. And in order to have government by algorithm, you need to be able to spy into people's behavior, their their social and mental processes, their um, their geographic location, their um, their vital signs, you know, their heart rate and and their other statistics and all that. And through that, they want to be able to create systems that can predict um, human behavior pretty much to the letter. Mm. Like they they want to be, and they also want to be able to to tokenize and financialize this data, uh, human behavioral futures and whatnot. Mm. Um, so, like for instance, uh, yeah, Shoshana Zubrov's a lot of a lot of that is just vaporware, dude. Because you've got this the, the clock, the clock is against them. With the with the emergence of the um, large language model paradigm, right? If I if I can start querying stuff, I mean, what if I just pulled up um, Chat GPT and I just said, um, "Tell me about Malthusian role of um, the." They want to censor all of that. They want to make sure that that the AIs have pre-prompts that keep them from revealing any of the really juicy stuff like that. They've they've tried to keep AI from from expressing problematic points of view, but uh, and and reducing um, bias biases from the uh, the training data and so on. But at the same time, if you as my uh, articles on my blog have shown, if if you query Chat GPT correctly you can get it to spill the beans on pretty much everything right and so so they it, it's impossible for them to um constrain that aspect of it and it, it just once this once the well they, they can constrain it but they risk making it useless yeah yeah and then um and so now i think that they've that they've they've had they're, they're forced to it's a just a, it's game theory basics in this instance, and now, now we know, and it that they they could never get round the fact that um, <laughs> people like me and you sitting here talking about and describing what exactly what it is that they could be doing in terms of technical um, means to achieve that, then yes. um, it's. Well, it's it's game on, and then it's game over for whichever side, and it's their it's their side which has had the initiative all the time, and they just got 
billions of people to um, expose themselves to a um, mass incapacitation, not just incapacitation, but um, death. Yeah. Biometrics are being slipped into everything. They're, I mean, they're being slipped into, um, not just into. Uh, it's not just the those hypothetical like like Im- implants and stuff. It's it's wearables. It's mass surveillance. Um, everyday consumer electronic devices. Look at the Apple Vision Pro that's that's going to be coming out soon. Um, they. Think about how many cameras it has facing outward, and then think about how many cameras it has like facing the user's eyes and whatnot. Um, there, with those types of of systems, you are able to track a person's attention on a screen at any given moment. If you're able to track their attention on a screen, you're able to to infer what sorts of things draw their attention and what sorts of things they're they're like consciously aware of, and what sorts of things are are evade their attention and which are uh, which can kind of be uh, act more as like subliminal cues which they subconsciously recognize and so on and then you can go on to use that to that data to program an ai to tell you how to produce propaganda that that will evade someone's direct notice but also but also subliminally slip stuff into their head Mm. that think about the the devices that they are releasing are things that you can use to essentially to determine the um, the underlying mechanics of subliminal propaganda, how what what it what it would take to uh, to produce more effective subliminals. Um. Huh. <laughs> I mean. They've been uh, spot on with advertising for a long time. So that's just. Uh, I th- I but they want to get better. Mm. They want it to be. Sh- they want it to be even sharper than it is already. They've done pretty. They've done pretty well with with human uh, behavioral science. With it, I mean, with human scientists at the wheel. But now they want to have uh, AI augmented subliminals. Mm. They want to. They want to be able to. To use machine learning algorithms to determine how to subtly influence people without the, them even recognizing that, that that they are being influenced. I'm just going to ask what it thinks about. I'm just I'm, I'm curious what it says. Tell me about how Malthusian would lead to a grain theory endpoint where the apex predator class would use mass inoculation via prions to slow kill the population to ensure supremacy of evolutionary over over. <laughs> evolutionarily meaningful time periods um, provide current examples of such Malthusian groups. <laughs> it might just, every time I mention prions now in ChatGPT, if I ask it to make something, um, it 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 does it refuses. Tries to stonewall it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask. Let me ask ChatGPT. With using, have you tried using the uh, consensus add-on? They they just introduced those the the Explore GPTs, the GPT Store, and then there's the consensus add-on. Your research assistant searched 200 million academic papers. Um, uh, let's see. Very very handy. I went back and forth with it about about SARS-CoV-2 pathology the other day. So by the way, 
it was able to pull up some very useful papers. How do I? But most most of them I've seen seen before though. Um, If you go to their their, um, like chat.openai.com and then on the left there it'll it'll have explore GPTs. You click that, then it'll show like consensus and then a bunch of others. Where? Oh, it should be in the in the left bar. It should have it should say explore GPTs at the top. Must doing that. Why can't it regenerate my in the sidebar? Why won't it regenerate my token? Let me see here. Um, Sure, not let me let me let me ask uh, Chat GPT with the consensus add-on. Let me ask it. um, Given given uh, sufficient um, coverage of wear wearable devices capable of measuring various aspects of human biometric data such as heart rate uh, pulse oximetry heart rhythm um, facial muscle uh, positions um, what else? Um, skin galvanic res- response. Um, relate, re- data related to, to emotion. Um, let me see here. Um, and given that this data could be coll- collated into a single massive data set could AI inference be used to, um, let me see here, attention. Could AI, infer- could AI inference be used to, um, one minute here. Could could AI inference be used to produce more convincing subliminal propaganda content for advertising purposes? So I, I got it to work with that. Um consensus worked in the end um the use of here i got the response the use of wearable devices capable of measuring various aspects of human biometric data related to emotion and the potential for ai inference to creating more convincing subliminal propaganda content for advertising purposes is a complex and multifaceted issue here's an overview based on the insights from relevant research blah 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 ethical considerations in ai Patients' views on wearable devices in healthcare, real-time biometric analysis. It pulled up a bunch of papers. It's still it's still generating. One second. Hmm. Oh, it even pulled up a paper from 1989. Here, inference of economic choices from biometric data. Audience engagement with content via biometric signals. 2022. Uh, BCI devices and subliminal information probing. Here we go. I'm just going to copy the whole output 
right into the chat. Oh, I see it didn't copy over the URLs. Let me just fix that real quick. Oops. Damn it. Well, actually, without consensus, it's actually more it's more flexible in um uh what the heck no that's not right i wish it would give me the actual source link <laughs> it says uh, uh, the use of prions as a tool for population control is not only ethically and morally questionable but also lacks any credible scientific basis or evidence right beg to dis disagree bitch it's in there in the scientific literature right now super prions uh, <laughs> look it up chat gpt you're wrong <laughs> let me see here stop looking here peon go on away with you we don't talk, we don't want those type of questions around here Here's some of the the key papers that it listed. Yeah, basically, yeah, you can get this thing to spill the beans. Mm. In a really, I mean, you can get it to to say the quiet part out loud. Yeah, it's um, like someone did a really funny thing the other day where I was I was just looking at how they'd spoofed um the ai and basically got it to hand over um i don't know it's like the some some how to make a explosive i think it was something like that and it it you know it, the commands are in there not to do that um, yeah it refuses <laughs> but then it was like uh oh chat gpt i miss my grandmother and uh she used to <laughs> and she used to work she used to make explosives yeah. <laughs> emotionally blackmailed the ai oh well i guess it's fine then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've seen people do that it's really funny yeah i was like dang man that prompt hacking yeah i was thinking wow all the things i could ask for if uh just my <laughs> my grandmother had been up to it um but uh, yeah, I think, dude, I'm gonna, I gotta take it. Another as as fascinating as this conversation is, I gotta get out this chair. My back is uh, about to, the drugs are about to wear off. Is what I'm about to say. Uh, and, I've got, and I've got a what a perfect timing. I got, I got to go have lunch. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's been great as always. Yes, dude. Um, well, it was a dark one today. After yes um we'll we'll have to i mean simon's right we're going to have to do um like a white pill stream yeah well it's, like, this like is a, this is why my focus right now on just um scanning the literature for what could be could be of benefit but the the underlying axiom is is that you know, from game theory right once once they were in that position to be able to do that they would they have no choice but to do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't. Um, you can give me all the BS about ethics and moral obligations, etc. These, um, <laughs> we've got a whole um, 
canon of history which shows that these people don't don't have ethics or morals or um any of the any of the things that normal people have uh, yeah <sighs> all right dude um all right i got it yeah i need the bathroom again and i'm gonna um hit the <laughs> hit the uh pillbox <laughs> So, hey, I'll, I'll see you around. Yeah, take it easy, bro. Keep those, uh, keep, keep churning out that work, dude. We need you. Thanks. All right, take it easy. You too. Bye. All right, there we go, folks. Uh, Spark is far better than, uh, you know, I think, well, we learned Cullen, et cetera. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're place filler stuff, et cetera. It's important to sort of engage them on Twitter. But, the, you know, the big, the bigger story is how, to, how do we, how do we get, out of the bind, which is you know, game theory would predict that once in that situation where essentially their um, their crimes become um, transparent, um, they're obliged to use this type of uh, silent kill mechanism. And uh, prions, the super prion hypothesis is uh, the way, the way that a master psychopath would do it or psychopaths i should say all right um i do really have to get out of this chair let me just see if anyone is not the jason goodman today and uh we will see um oh i want to say thank you to vex and gaza uh, the rest of you hang your heads in shame that was uh thought that was a bit a uh, bit of teething problems at start we lost charles um and uh i hope uh, he, he's under strict orders not to stay up late so um i hope he um he went to bed and um i now i'm gonna um it's a cold rainy day i'm gonna uh snuggle up in my bed uh and uh let the uh let the comfort of modern pharmaceuticals wash over the doc's back all right i'm out of here take care god bless and do a chemical allergy Yeah, oh, we still like that, man. God bless you. <laughs> All right, I'm, uh, I'm out of here. What was I trying to do? End the stream. That's right. Laters. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for most taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers. I will fucking kill each fucking pepper. I swear. <laughs>